Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This week in league, Fergie Ferg to pick up a referee's whistle like a bowling ball. France to change their word for yes with word that Todd Carney may be signing with the Catalan Dragons. Brayton Astor set to retire following an injury that Anthony Watmo considers a mere flesh wound. And we preview all of the action for round 18 of the 2014 NRL season. All that and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 162 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Okay, uh, feedback. Twitter. Well, I should say, before we get into the feedback, uh, yeah, you're under the weather. Yeah, various degrees. I'm feeling like fucking house. dirt, yeah. actually, Nathan. You got and the fever. I got the, I got the white hot fever. Fever, yeah. <laughs> not the Polynesian fever either that I normally have. It's like an actual fever which is causing me illness. It's not caramel, fe- caramel it's fever. It's not caramel fever no. by any stretch. Uh, you know, you, you wish, you, you're praying for caramel fever, but no, this is this is not one that you pray for at all. Yeah. it's. I mean, it has a lot of the same effects. You know, I still wake up soaked. Yeah, but it's this, true. It's in sweat this time. It's, yeah. it's, you know, it's not bodily fluid. Yeah, yeah, of course. Me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We know. We know. Don't worry. I mean, the picture's painted. I, I look. I can it's go all... into. I can go into more detail. Look, you probably don't have to. <laughs> I mean, if five years. Quite frankly, show, I don't think we want you to. But if five years of this show, or you know, year five of this show, you know, there was four years preceding it. I think it's pretty clear. Look, I made fucking two references. Of all the episodes we've done, I've made two references. To a man crush, one to a man crush on Sonny Bill Williams, yeah, and one to a man crush on Rennie Matua, yeah, and and I've been labelled. I feel like Winnie the Pooh, quite frankly, and there's consequences like butterfly fucking flapping his wings somewhere over the world. You've got me all wrong. It's ended up in you know I don't want to say that Rennie listens to the show and he, you know he got totally you know he heard he heard your, your crush thing is just like oh shit, you know that started him on his you know, this spiral. He's like, we've got to talk to Glenn about this. And he picked up an FPOS machine and tried to make a phone call. Hello, and, Mr. President? And then... Pull me through to Glenn. And he's, I want to talk to Glenn. And all he, he, he got nothing. And that's in, and it was all downhill from there. All well, downhill from there. Bless you, Willie Tonga, for, for you know explaining that, that Glenn would be a considerate and gentle lover. <laughs> and available on a mobile phone, not an FPOS machine. You've got my number. Day or night. Honey, not an optional. <laughs> So yeah, <laughs> what we're trying to say. My is, point yeah, was, you've got me all wrong. Sort of. You got me all wrong. And my initial point was that, uh, yeah, very, very, very illness affected this week. Yeah, I and feel so, like shit, and I apologise if I'm coughing. And so you're being like a slash sweating. You're being a real little fucking trooper this week. Stepping I'm up trying to, the plate. to be. I'm oh, fuck. I've got a big week, man. It's bullshit. I've got to take Jackson to Origin tomorrow night, which is character building for the young man. It is watching the Blues. It's lift fantastic the to take the little man to his first Origin, and he's been telling me every day how many sleeps there are till till Origin. I would fucking rather die than fucking miss taking him to that game, and quite frankly, I just might. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he's so pumped; it's ridiculous. 
It's going to be so character building for him to see fucking New South Wales 3 0 fucking Paul Gallon lift up the shield. As, as cans rain down. As he is, and as much as he loves it, the fact that he's there, he's not, he, he doesn't give a he fuck. He doesn't care. Yeah. yeah, I remember those days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Chill's the same. He doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> he, um, he's, I mean, he gets very invested in the Broncos results, and he does, you know, obviously he's like, you know, generally, if, if Queensland have lost a game, he, he generally turns around and says, Dad, this is fucking bullshit. Doesn't actually say that. That's just what people expect a Westies kid to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but the fact that he's actually going to be there at the game, I, I think the result is going to be secondary to the stars in his eyes. Very good. Very good. So uh, we can move along to the feedback now. Twitter. This one surfaced last night mere 24 hours ago Long Johnson 80 a troll who emerged a couple of weeks ago zero followers zero following or sorry one following us and uh, and one tweet to us talking shit um, you know since then he's come a long way he's probably tweeted you know a couple of dozen times <laughs> he's probably a bit more shit probably, he's probably got about three or four followers now and um, he's not an egg anymore on his no Twitter avatar um, after I said you know don't be an egg. Stop being a fucking egg. Anyway. He's a sensitive troll. Tweeted, yeah, very sensitive. I haven't got the whole exchange here, but I just got the first one that kicked it all off and you can take it from there. Maybe next week you guys could talk up some teams other than your own, especially after both got pumped. I took that as a normal trollish tweet. And oh, my yeah. normal response to trollish tweets is to slam them. Like that little game at Time Zone. Yeah. You know, where they have the little fucking rats that pop their heads thing, up. Yeah. yeah, or moles, yeah. and you whack them with a fucking hammer. Yeah. That's my approach to trolls, generally. Yeah. Whack them with a hammer, they fuck off, or they return, you whack them again until they stop returning. A bit like the Ben Zed. Well, and He's not, my nuts. it's not until they like, stop returning, it's until they stop taking themselves so fucking seriously. That's right. Like the Ben Zed. He's hugging my nuts so hard now, like they're turning purple. And if it didn't yeah. feel so damn good, I'd ask him to stop. Yeah. But, look, I think I hurt Long Johnson's feelings. Yeah. Um, with my response it was my response, my traditional response to a trollish tweet. Uh, he was looking for something more sensitive. He was looking for a hug. He was looking for feedback. He was looking for a, a positive response um, to his constructive criticism, and uh, I wasn't there for him. Quite frankly, he got a, he got a little bit defensive, like, "Oh, you can't handle constructive criticism." Yeah. Generally, constructive criticism doesn't come in the form of fucking trolling. Yeah, you need to... Maybe you haven't been tweeting at the show for long enough, so we haven't been able to differentiate. Um, and some of the trolls that we have do have currently uh, and have had in the past, generally trolling is 100% of their game. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're mixing it up. Haven't been tweeting at us that long. Didn't really differentiate. But, uh, you know, you're going to cop what you're going to cop. And exactly. if you've been listening to the show long enough, I haven't changed my game in five years and I'm not about to change it now. Exactly, exactly. And but we be- certainly appreciate you listening to the show and your positive feedback. And uh, yeah, you know, and like if you want to see what real fucking harsh treatment is, perhaps, you know, look back on Andos 20, Sharkman 05, you know, guys like that. People, people that, uh, they're not around Twitter. They can't show their face around Twitter. Go Storm 1. Go Storm 1. Fucking drunk. All right, um, Bernard JKD said, uh, re- Episode one six one, what the heck is an F POS F P O S machine? 
F. Oh, he did put a question mark after F. Boss because obviously didn't know didn't know what I meant. So for listeners, I explained what it was. I to him. I I just I want to give a shout out mm-hmm. to the people that managed to install internet under the fucking rock that this cunt lives under. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, they don't call it that. <laughs> they don't call it that overseas. No, okay, I so I just wanted to make that point. So I explained it. So I explained it to him very nicely. That, yeah, that's what it stands for. It's actually no, it's not F boss. It's the FT. Yeah. So for people who are overseas and don't know what it is, it's uh, I'm not sure. You know, which barbaric country you live in? Third world backwater, whatever. Is he England? I think so. Yeah. Which I mean, let's face it. You know, they they haven't even figured out how to refrigerate beer or fucking you know the mysteries of ba- of you know bathing and dental hygiene over there. So. um you know, they have, uh, look, they haven't even worked out how to play games that they invented. So this really. is right. This is right. Yeah. Okay. So so if if you're over there, and if I don't know, maybe maybe you have these in the in the the cabs over there. Maybe you don't. Maybe you do, and you call something different. An FPOS machine is basically a machine where you know it's a electronic fund transfer, point of sale. It's in shops and stuff, but they have them in taxis as well. So you can use your credit card or your debit card to pay for your taxi fare. Simple as that. Simple. So I'm sure you've seen these. I'm sure I've used them over there. So don't act like you don't fucking know again. That's just, you know, it's embarrassing. Shunter 86. <laughs> That's cruel. Shunter 86 said, uh, the Tiger's chasing Compo for the third time this year. And people are whinging that they haven't embraced Campbelltown. Hash Compo Kings. <laughs> you want to talk about cunts of the trolls? <laughs> Fuck me. I try to be polite to him. I try to give him compliments. I try to build him up. He's he's a little Aussie battler, you know. Just likes to fucking you know fling his dick around like you know Michael Robertson, yeah, you know, scored a hat trick in a grand final and does the same thing. I mean, you know, the things that tie people together, you know, superstars <laughs> of rugby league. He and, flung, and his, little Aussie he flung his dick around that much it knocked a, a very attractive young woman out. And she's yet to wake up. It also it also fucking knocked Lockie Cooper. He's away been from, parading around weekend at Bernie's store for a number of years now. It also knocked fucking up poor old Lockie Coot uh, all the way up to North Queensland. He hasn't <laughs> and and fucked he, his ACL. He hasn't recovered from the landing yet. <laughs> it was a bit of a rough fucking landing for old Lockie. Uh, yeah, never never to be heard of again. I look forward to the first episode of Ninja and the Perm podcast where Ninja whips his cock out and gets it tangled in the perm. <laughs> it's gonna be ugly. Yeah, that's a that's a a, coat, a conjoined fucking twin that you just never want to see out in public. Yeah. Um, Simon Dassan said, "Ruffle biscuit legs is perhaps the greatest yeah. nickname ever created." Fucking hilarious. Fucking oath it was, and I hate that it's directed at, at someone I love dearly, like James Tedesco. But fuck, <laughs> leg I read it, it and I was I laughed out loud. And he's got to go. And I hate people. And he I got- hate people. <laughs> He shit me with stuff like that because it makes me laugh, but then it breaks my heart. He's because uh, the biscuit leg, though. I mean, that 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 was all you, though, wasn't it? I mean, because it was Tim Tam. It was like the, the initial one was Tim something about Tim Tams, and then you've gone and like you know, taken it step. Oh, and just, and yeah, but the Tim Tam made. was was the the catalyst. Yeah, that was, that was the catalyst. The yeah, for it. The, the biscuit legs, though, fucking <laughs> just fucking cracks me up. Just the just the imagery, <laughs> it's just fucking great. And now I went to the I went to the cupboard the other day, and um. I was on the search for chocolate. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> and we didn't have any. And I fucking threw a massive tantrum. And then I thought, you know what? 
there's a biscuit there. And I remembered the whole biscuit legs exchange. I refused to eat it. <laughs> so, just out of spite. Just like, out of spite. I was like, thanks very much, you pricks. <laughs> Deprive me of, you know, of a little bit of pleasure. One of the few one of the few things that I can enjoy in my life. <laughs> a biscuit leg. Now, um, and so I think that with that, Tedesco has potentially had the most nickname change. I mean, we had to change over a year, you know, period of years. We, You know, we had to migrate Captain Snooze and, you know, the Captain Murder. <clears throat> Do you remember when... Um, was Captain Snooze for a very long time. We had a few people when we first started calling him Hot Sauce. Yep. Back prior to the 2011 season. This is when he was just thinking about making debuts and, yeah. and, and whatnot. In yeah. the preview yeah. for, the, for the season, yeah. I dubbed him Hot Sauce. Yeah. And we had... I remember we had... Two or three people go, that's a fucking stupid nickname. What does that fucking mean? Yeah, well, it's fucking dumb. Oh, it's well, Have you seen, oh, no, like, I think it was Sports Bet or someone and a couple of other fucking media outlets have put that, Doing you know, that Tabasco, Tabasco sauce yes. and put in hot, like, Tedesco on it? Don't fucking start me. Really? Don't fucking start me on how many cunts. And everyone's like, fucking... ha ha, retweet. Oh, fucking hang on, that's three years old, cunts. Mate, it's like fucking Sharknado up here, and we're like in the eye of the fucking, we're in the eye of the Sharknado, and all these sharks circle around us, just biting up all our fucking comedy gold. <laughs> Little cunts, I tell you. It, and there's another example. Hey, maybe someone just had exactly the same idea I had. At the exact same time you had it before any, I mean, any other fucking can't even knew that you know Tedesco was a guy, you know, a thing that was even coming. Yeah, right. Fucking believable story. <laughs> You're far too kind on these fucking thieves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but back to the back to the point. Oh, oh biscuit legs. Third name. It just makes me cringe every time you say it. He started this season as hot sauce. He did. Signed with Canberra, Ice Magic. Back to hot sauce. Now he's biscuit legs. So I mean that's three separate names and but four changes over a period of, of you know not even twelve months, not even a full season, three quarters of a season. That's got to be a record. So I think the only change that we've ever been forced to implement was Captain Snooze to Captain Murder. Yeah. Oh no, he's Captain Snooze and he's the no-dos and the Captain, you know, Captain Snooze yeah, again. Yeah, that's then, right. The that's the only, he's the, that's the but only that challenge years. of the time. That was like, yeah, that, that, that moved, you know, glacial pace. That motherfucker was Captain Snooze for quite a considerable amount of time. Yeah, yeah. So I think Tedesco, I mean, it's not like, you know, he's not getting a prize for it, but. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to give him, like, proper legs. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We'd have to change the nickname again. We're not going to fucking wave our magic wand and <laughs> turn him into a real boy. But, you know. <laughs> Cattle Dog Blue. Cogger update. And uh, he sent us a link, and it links to uh, the Newcastle Knights website. <clears throat> the title is Knights. He's been Juniors. a bit trollish too, Cattle Dog Blue. He has, but this time he's uh, you know, he's, he's come like, through with the goods. He's just been a bit butthurt. He's been like genuinely hurt that you know the, that he has to follow a team that's full of old old people that are pretty much infirm and can't fucking play rugby league anymore. That's pretty. That, that's his. And we've pointed that out, and we're the bad guys. And then he's like, "Oh, you're fucking gonna hack on McManus getting your origin side." Yeah, we're going to hack on him. Fucking dude's been there before. Didn't deserve to be there the first time. You know, didn't do the job. You know, disappeared and now he's back, you know, because of fucking layer upon layer of injury. You know, you mean, know and, fucking... and God God forbid that we might suggest that the form winger of the competition, Pat Richards, might Who? be, suggest, might be you know, just have his name put forward for the role. That's all I'm saying. And he, he, he's had one bad game in his career, and which he was last weekend, yeah. and give me a break. And he, and he, he, and he was an absolute spastic. Last it was weekend. it was a horrific game and uh, terrible, like the worst game of his career. Absolutely, so, so, and it will never happen again. So Paddy so Richards declined big time. Lap it up while you can, bitches, because <laughs> Paddy Richards will probably score about forty five <laughs> points this weekend. Unlikely that he'll score. He'll have the opportunity to score a point because you see no conversions we'll get to from that. the lineup. We'll, we'll no conversions from we'll the lineup. That. But uh, pal, 
the article. I remember all year for the Newcastle Knights Juniors was celebrated in style at the inaugural junior presentation night at West in New Lambton on Wednesday evening. Headed by the all-conquering Harold Matthews side who won the the 16th Premiership and National title, the club's juniors were recognised for a stellar season of success and the point of the article being sent to us. Knights SG ball halfback Jack Cogger received the main award of the night, the prestigious Carlson Club Andrew Johns medal as the club's leading 17-year-old player. Cogger, who's currently in camp with a combined Catholic colleges side in preparation for the Australian <laughs> Schoolboys Championships in Darwin, told a packed room via video he was thrilled to accept the highly respected award. It's an honour to receive the Andrew Johns medal, said Cogger, son of former West Magpies number seven. Golden nuts himself, Trevor Cogger. I mean, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, Nathan, and quite frankly... Um, Oh, look, oh, don't yeah. bring up naked pictures yeah. of it's coming. in it's, front of me. I'm trying to talk about Trevor Cogger. Jesus Christ. It's coming. It's Go too, it, continue. I, I just can't deal with it. It's an overload. <laughs> <coughs> that photo is tremendous. But Son uh, of son of Golden Nuts. Um, you know, he's of Golden Nuts that he yet to drop. He's only yeah. 16, isn't he? 17. 17. Won, won an award for a 17-year-old. Who would imagine his balls probably have dropped. You'd like, there are any, there any little nuggets at the moment. You'd think so. They probably dropped on the way out because, you know, he's fucking golden nuts, kid. And they are made of gold, so they probably do weigh a little bit more. Just, so basic, just, just, just basic, you know, physics and, and gravity play there. Had, motherfucker probably had a moustache at six. Exactly. Exactly. So the point is... As he's, the son of golden nuts would. Um, look, he's a gun. I, I, I cringe. I cringe that the West Tigers... And, and the Western Suburbs Magpies, as an organisation, could allow the son of of the prodigal son, the prodigal grandson, if you will, <laughs> to end up in fucking Newcastle. Because quite frankly, I mean, I love, I love Luke Brooks. I love, I love the kid. He's fantastic. But he might have to move to six. And put the cogger in there. It's and, not going to happen. Sorry? Not going to happen. Did Trevor move to Newcastle? Why did Trevor move to Newcastle? Obviously, he was fucking rejected by the Campbelltown faithful. Didn't appreciate what they had. It's, it's, it's impossible. Exactly. So, the moral of the story is, uh, Cogger's son is, is fucking amazing. And he'll probably... Uh, Trevor Cogger was, must, must have been given the keys to Campbelltown. Would yeah, to have doubt it. If you want, when you get the, given the keys to, does that mean you can just walk into any house in that town and just like, just walk in and get a? Yeah, go. you know, you, you know, just come home from work and all of a sudden, golden nuts is there smoking a pipe, sitting in your sitting in your lounge. Yeah, going just whip us up a steak, will you, pal? I'm trying yeah, to. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of like the old. The, that's, the, the, I mean, surely that gives you the privilege. It's like yeah, and the, the, the prima nocta thing, like you can just rock up to a wedding, just rock up to a reception, and just go, you know, up to the bar, open oh, bar. No, 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 I was more like you know, I got first shot in the fucking bride. Oh, mate, congratulations on your special day. Yeah. I'll just be over here with your wife for a minute. I'll fucking... Gra- in Campbelltown? i fucking break her in. In Campbelltown? Um, would he have to show up wearing shoes? Trevor Cogger do the fuck he wants, man. He's Trevor Cogger. He can fucking wear fishnets and fucking stilettos. Wear whatever he wants. Let's not taint the image of Trevor Cocker. <laughs> I like the fact that you might come home from work. And you wonder why he was run out and you, and you wonder why he was run out of Campbelltown. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe we've come full circle and you've answered my question. Probably the point of, you know, pitchforks and, and shit like, you know, flaming torches and that sort of thing. And that's the story of why Trevor Cocker is now He always did with things his, his own way. With his son, on the football field, off the football field. 
and his son is no doubt going to follow in his footsteps. Mitch Dawes, 08, he's uh, sent us a screenshot. Uh, Brent, Brett Finch dealing out some real talk on Robbie Farrow right there. So Robbie Farrow, if you remember the story, he was saying... Oh, let me, let me guess, of, you're going to take this well out of context. Yes, Nathan, please continue. He wants to be remembered. He wants to be, uh, you know, he wants to be named the same way as Cameron Smith. Yeah, treated, uh, treated, yeah, like he's like as he's, his equal. Yeah, yeah. Were his words, Nathan? And yeah, and so which when he's he's clearly not. Now Brett Finch, his comment on the subject: If Robbie Farrow wants to be named in the same way as Cam Smith, I want to be remembered in the same way as Andrew Johns. <laughs> Look, <laughs> Brett Finch has got himself up on a little pedestal these days. He's he's got some new teeth. He's got himself a little media, a cushy little media gig. But let's not let's not forget. Yes. The, the the overriding hatred that the general rugby league public had for Brett Finch when he was running around for the Roosters and, and the Canberra Raiders. It's only later in his career where he became a bit of a larrikin that people started to warm to him. But prior to Irrelevant. that, Irrelevant when he was at the, the Raiders, the people end. thought he was a cunt. And now he's proving that to be true, Nathan. Yeah, he is, he is but I mean, he's like, you know, he's fighting cunt with cunt here because Robbie Farrar... The the fucking the nerve of him, the fucking nerve of him, to think. Hang on a second, Cameron Smith. Yeah. The very same Cameron Smith that you've never once in five years. Yeah. Had a positive word to say about. Oh, Cameron Smith may as well play quarterback for fucking San Francisco. Throws every pass forward. That doesn't sound. That that doesn't sound. Cameron Smith got a job with Hulk Hogan. He's that much of a fucking wrestler. I never said those things. No, I'm I'm paraphrasing. Look, but you've never had a good word to say about Cameron Smith. Now Robbie Farrah dishes out some real talk. You want to jump to Cameron Smith's defence? Well, fuck you, Nathan. Cameron Smith. Robbie Farrah can say what the fuck he wants. You know what? He's Robbie fucking Farrah. That's right. Right, and he's fucking look at He's got the keys to Campbelltown. Sometimes you might come home and Trevor Cogger and Robbie Farrow is sitting in your lounge room going, fucking make it two steaks and a schnitzel. Yeah, he's in fuck because fuck knows I haven't got the keys to fucking like a tiger anymore because the cunt went broke because I can't make a fucking schnitzel. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> But the camera, camera, camera Smith is a fucking cheating cunt, and you know. We, we like, are I, definitely I got, we're twenty five percenters at the moment because we are shooting to kill. I love it. And like, like Cameron Smith is a cunt. I got nothing good to say about him. And like Robbie, you know, you've done the job for New South Wales. Congratulations, have a schnitz. But fucking, at the end of the day, you've got a lot. I mean, I'm. I'll, I'll, I'll reiterate. I think Brett Finch has got a lot of fucking nerve, and I think he should probably just keep his mouth shut and let Robbie Farah have the floor as he so deserves. He's a little little cunt, but he, but he made he made an excellent point. And and the thing is that the Robbie Farah can think what he fucking wants, and like and like you know like Robbie Farah, I also I believe that Cameron Smith is a fucking cunt and a sheet. Like you know, Robbie told me, and I said, look, I'm fuck, I'm with you on that. All right, <laughs> I'm with you on that. But you've still got to look at, you know. The premierships, you've got to look premiership. How many have they got? Legit one, one, one. Same as Robbie. Yeah, yeah. gotcha. So, gotcha. So, so you, you, you know, we can call it. That's a wash. He's won state but origin series. But let's look he's at played look at, for his country. But look at final, look at final series. Look at the amount. Look at origin series victories. Look Cameron at the Smith team. was. Look Cameron at the Smith teams he's had around him. That's the, hey, let's not fucking let's yeah you know, let's look at the straight fucking things that are on paper. The, the facts. Cameron Smith, how many origin yeah, series? Facts. You know, what he's got him. He's got him eight one at least. And then we look at, you know, the obviously grand final appearances, finals appearances destroys fucking Robbie because he he struggles to get out of ninth position. Let's be real. Now, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, we can't. You can't argue the point. And uh, yeah, test appearances. He's the inco- he's you know he's he's the incumbent. You know, for Australia, not to mention you know captain Robbie. What the fuck's it? You know, no, nah, he can't. You know, Rob, Robbie's got. If you look, I'm sure if you go to Robbie's house, and as you're preparing to sit down for a lovely schnitzel, yeah, you'll look up on the wall and you'll see some Australian jerseys on there. Yeah, he's played for Australia and, you know, played against fucking, like, Namibia. And, and no one, you know, you know what, when they Scotland. hang a fucking Australian jersey on the wall, do they hang it to show the back of it and show that it says number 17? No. <laughs> they show the fucking front. And that's all that matters, bitch. <laughs> yeah, but even, like, if he counted up all of his fucking games against, like, you know, PNG or whatever fucking, like, weird, you know, test, you know, America against these guys, you know, in, in like, pools, pool stages of the World Cup. He still wouldn't have half of, half of the jerseys. Cameron Smith has played every single one of them in legitimate fucking test matches. <laughs> so, look, Robbie, you're a good player, and I appreciate what you've done for New South Wales. Oh, do you really? In terms of, in terms of staying out of the fucking way this this series <laughs> and just letting the fucking boys take, letting the boys take charge. Oh, <clears throat> this is fun. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, you're just you're just not there statistically. You're just not there yet. And I mean, you know. Look, and like, you know, I credit where it's due. I don't think that Robbie's as big a cunt as fucking Cameron Smith at all. I don't, actually, I probably don't think Robbie is a cunt at all. That's about as good as you're going to get out of me on this subject. Well, like, I'd agree with you, Nathan, wholeheartedly. <laughs> but if you play with the storm, oh. Next, sad news this week for the world of uh, rugby league, Australian rugby league, I should say, with news that, uh, that Ben Roberts looking to make his way across the sea. To take up uh, residence in the ESL next season. He's had still a season so far this year. Still a career <laughs> in Australia. And so one of the Mitches, it's Mitchell180 on Twitter, said, can you please do a Ben Roberts tribute this week? Can't think of a more deserved player. He has a bit of a cult following as a <laughs> in, as a result of his inherent shit. You'd think he was a cult following. So I put it out there, like, you know, hashtag Ben Roberts memories. It's really only we'll throw it out there footy and, facts. Yeah, now, you throw us your Ben Roberts. Oh, we had a massive, massive response. Massive. Five people. No, no. I've got, I'm looking at, you know, 15 here. I oh, don't read them all out. For fuck's sake. This will take they're, a while. They're short. They're short. But uh, so Ben Roberts tributes. Andy <laughs> underscore Siegs that are... That time he created a line break by missing a tackle. Ash, making others feel good. Ash, what a guy. This week in Sieg. Dan Drolls. The best that can be said, he was average in capital letters. JR underscore buff. Ben Roberts, the journeyman. Rabbits, 66. I have a theory that Roberts is playing in an alternate universe. Matrix-like. We mortals just haven't realized yet. (laughs) Danger underscore anger. That time he passed the ball to me in the fifth row at Old Dairy Farmer Stadium. Did you have your hands up ready? <laughs> Mup 23. Last year when he equaled Mark Minicello's three wooden spoons. Uh, Pavorka. Easily this one. Maybe for the photo itself. At which point I refer you to the, the article that you got a glimpse of before. Ben Roberts looking, so quite frankly, looking fucking delicious. Shirtless, flexing his fucking buys and his delts. Just looking amazing. And, uh, and and intense too. I mean, the eyes. It is, it is looking quite the caramel tart, if you don't mind. Those eyes. Those eyes are looking straight straight into your fucking straight through your retinas. Straight down, down the, the eye down, of my peen is where they're looking. Down the down the fucking optic nerves. Down the down your fucking body. Straight out through the eye of your penis and looking back at himself on this computer screen right now. Oh, that's yeah. Inception. <laughs> it's like fucking Ben Robertsception, uh, caramelception, 
And uh, this is a story where Bulldogs are back then, obviously bashed outside of Wollongong nightclub after later being before later being arrested. I don't remember that happening. No, I don't remember this either. Officers forced his capsicum spray on Roberts after his altercation outside the Glasshouse Tavern in Wollongong in the early hours of yesterday morning. Bulldogs officials. How does caramel and capsicum taste together? Does yeah, it sound very appealing. Yeah, I mean that's that's it's, you know, it's probably like a more Heston Blumenthal <laughs> kind of concoction. I'd say he'd find a way to make it delicious. Uh, Bulldogs officials confirmed Roberts, <laughs> who had a conviction for drink driving overturned last year, was knocked unconscious in a previous altercation earlier in the evening, requiring medical assistance at the scene, and again yesterday, including a brain scan. So he's assaulted by a group of men. Then, after being treated, he's returned to the pub to find his mates. He got refused entry because he was drunk, punch drunk, clearly. He thought it was a group of men. It was just me. I came and, in like uh, a spider monkey. He was intoxicated and refusing to leave the area. So then he's grabbed a cop, I think, and had a, had a fight with the police and then they arrested him and taken him to Wollongong Police Station. So that is that is a, a tremendous Ben Roberts memory, no doubt about it. I'm Tim McIntyre, underscore. At that time, Ben made Benji Marshall look like a first-grade player. Another Ben Roberts memory. Shunter, 86. That time he created a line break out of nothing and then butchered the try-scoring opportunity. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, nah, maybe. Uh, remember when he played New South Wales Cup? Oh, the memories. It's Matthew. That time he did that thing and didn't fuck it up. Really? I not remember that. Last word on the subject has to go to Footy Facts 37. One he's time, possibly the, the greatest source of Ben Roberts' love. Yeah, I mean, like credit where it's due. I mean, he is definitely the super fan for Ben <laughs> Roberts. If Ben Roberts doesn't give him, like, you know, his signed final fucking jersey, you know, Storm jersey or something, you know, he just doesn't he, care. Just turn it up. Footy Facts 37. One time, Ben Roberts threw a pass that went so forward it gave a man a heart attack. <laughs> Facebook. We've got a new one. From the, uh, what's it, you know, the, the, the Twitter account, the Warriors suck balls or, you know, you know the one. Yes. Yeah. Simon says. I'm big fan of the Warriors, apparently. On Facebook. He's hit us up on Facebook, though. Forgot my tips just as well as this week was as screwed up as last week when I just got one, the Warriors. Don't care about origin. It's already a known certainty that New South Wales grubs will take the trophy off the Queensland Gronks. Bring on real rounds of footy with results that don't look like the bookies in Singapore are watching Channel 9. Oh, and bring back Carney. Shit scumbag sports journos. Veach, who we spoke about, the, the Kiwi guy yep. that kicked his missus down or threw his missus down to fly stairs, broke her back. Get rehired after being convicted for multiple attacks on a woman. Robert in brackets, fucking cunt Louie, and Greg, in brackets, cunt face glasser, bird keep their jobs, but Carney gets treated like he killed someone. Seriously, who hasn't put a finger up an ass at some stage in their development? Which is worse, your own oh, I have. <laughs> Wait. Which is worse? Eternalize, Clint. <laughs> Which is worse, your own golden shower or a digital invasion of another being sphincter? Okay, the Dirty Sanchez hasn't been shown on social media yet, in brackets, Glenn. But I would argue that he... Me all wrong. I would argue that let he who is without foreign DNA under their fingernails be the first <laughs> to call for Carney to go. Bring back Toddy and fuck off with the white-beating trash. Regards, fellas, me. So, it's very good. Brendan Kelly said, Enjoyed your views on the Todd Carney incident. It's so easy to point the finger at the NRL or the club when a player goes off the rail. The person who gets off scot-free is the player-manager. Your views on Riolo were spot on. A successful manager in any business has one eye on the business and one eye on the welfare of the staff, or in this case, client. Any player welfare-relating drug-drinking issue is now the responsibility of NRL and the club with the player-manager sitting back, hoping he gets out soon so he can get back to earning his 15%. Player managers need to take more responsibility in their clients' welfare as they are personally closer to them during and hopefully after the player's career. They said your podcast is always full of laugh-out-loud moments with that nice little punch of real talk. Always look forward to the green and gold logo up here on my podcast update screen each week. Keep it up. I love that. That's fantastic. Tremendous. 
Now, one thing I forgot to do was just go over, like, you know, over there and count the fucking members, the the shirts left that we have left over. Mm-hmm. Just talk about how many for each size of membership and things like that that we have left. Okay. So, um, not sure what I'm going to do there. Do you want to go over there and just count some of them? Oh. <laughs> Except for well, the twos. Like, won't reach. Well, you don't need... Yeah, you know, just, just sing out and I'll... And I'll <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, I'll update it just so we can get an update on there. We got shows where I have to get up. We got a lot of three XLs. Hang on a left sec. Over. I know that. So we got we got three XLs. And joining us on the show today <laughs> is uh, the uh, Fairy Cobra. Looking at the thing and just they're all stacked in their sizes over there. So extra small. How many of them we got? They all should be stacked within their in their um all together in separate piles. Looks like we've got a few extra smalls over there. Glenn's terrible at reading the inner inner neck for the size at the moment. Two extra small. Two small? Two medium. Ex- Four large. Don't worry about the two X because we're going to have to swap some of those over with people so we won't worry about that. Four. Three four three X's. There you go. So four three X, four large, two, 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 uh, two medium, two small, two extra small and uh, we're going to have plenty, we're going to have uh, plenty of extra larges coming back. <laughs> Coming back over, I think there's going to be, you know, in the vicinity of maybe nine left over, I think, for the extra large, which is, you know, probably the most common size we've got. So get in there with the membership if you haven't got in there already. And, uh, yeah, now you know the sizes that are available. Uh, snap up those small ones if you can. But I'm speaking of small ones. Email conversation through the week started on DM, went progressed to email. Someone uh, listening to the show, not sure if he wants to be identified, but... Uh, Employees, two Penrith cheerleaders. Yes, yes, yes. You told me about this, yes. And so, as a result, we pretty much have a direct line to the uh, future revelation of the season, Danny Tequila, and uh, he's going to hook it up for us. So, all good. We're going to get some stuff to as her. Long, I mean, as long as she sees that we're, you know, rugby league professionals. And yeah, exactly. Creeps. Yeah, just, just supporters of her, of her career and her. Uh, and if they have like you know they the cheerleader thing you know cheerleader of the year thing, then I would I would urge the uh, the listeners of the show, the Mighty Tool Nation, to put their power behind that and and deliver her the landslide victory that she deserves in the non creepiest way possible. Well, if it's just a thing you're voting, I mean clearly they, you know it's, you don't have to fucking. Seems you know, some of our listeners they find a way to creep yeah. up anything. Look, I apologise for the few that you know are, are you know legitimate sex pests. <laughs> The fuck! Oh, they're out there. Uh, they're out there, and uh, but you know, happy to help out for those things as well. But uh, it'd be awesome to get her, uh, get her a, a, a this week in league shirt, just to, so she realizes that she has such a solid fan base that she probably doesn't even have a fucking clue exists.
news. Okay, first story. Fergie Ferg. Troubled rugby league star Blake Ferguson has taken a further step towards proving he's a fit person to return to the NRL after completing his referees course. There's a lot wrong with that already. Who said those kinds of fit people? Ferguson is currently working with the Sydney Roosters in an off-field role. However, an application to have him registered to return to playing this year was rejected by the NRL. The 24-year-old was found guilty of indecent assault after groping a woman in a late-night incident last year. However, the NRL have indicated they may lift his deregistration for next season if he demonstrates he's taken measures to improve his life off the field. Former NRL referee Greg McCallum, who's working with the New South Wales Referees Association as a director of refereeing development, says Ferguson was excellent in the way he approached the course. Ferguson would need to be cleared by the NRL to work with children if he was actually to take up the whistle, but McCallum said by completing the course, Ferguson had displayed a genuine interest in getting back involved in the game. It's excellent. He performed really well and showed a real interest in it. I think he needs to show the game he's serious about being involved in it. That's the key, and refereeing isn't the most glamorous of things to be involved in, but it's a very crucial part of the game. I think it's a very positive thing that he would do that. He's got a lot of ground to make up, and this is a positive step forward, and he's been doing a lot of work with the Roosters as well. McCallum said Ferguson had significant issues to overcome in terms of compliance. However, if he was cleared by the NRL, he would be eligible to referee mini and mod league, as well as juniors 13 years and over. If cleared, Ferguson would most likely referee in the Cronulla area. However, he's also recovering from a broken leg. Um, McCallum said John Hopoade undertook a similar course several years ago when he was involved in an incident at a junior rugby league match, and the former match review committee chairman said more players should get involved with refereeing. Provided the NRL gave him the green light, McCallum says sacked Sharks 5'8", Todd Carney, would also be welcome into the refereeing ranks. If they were to clear Blake or Todd or anyone else to be involved in the game at that level, the New South Wales Referees Association wouldn't stand in the way of anyone being involved, he said. <clears throat> Look, I think Blake Ferguson's a missionary. I think he, uh, you know, and not in a religious sense, I think he's a man on a mission. And... He's a, he's, his goal in life is to be the most despised human being on the fucking earth. And he's, you know, making fucking significant inroads on that on that goal. He's, he's <clears throat> fucking rocketing up the charts. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, while he's, while he's aligning himself with Mundine, though, I mean, he's always going to be second fiddle. <laughs> so he needs to find some way to surpass his master. <laughs> At the end of the day, Anthony Mundine's never been convic- convicted of uh, sexual assault. And um, I... I just think that the sooner people like Blake Ferguson um, and and others like him are removed far away from rugby league and the NRL in particular, <laughs> um, in order for it to grow as a professional sporting organisation and, and stake its claim, you know, in the future on the world stage, where I think it belongs, mm-hmm. um, and. You know, reinforces position as the number one sport in Australia. Um, you're never going to do it with fucking complete and utter dickheads like that stealing the headlines. Um, yeah. So, does he want to be a referee? Would he have some? You know, how's the whistle going to work when he wants to stick his fingers in every hole he sees? If he's got his fingers stuck in the hole of the whistle, no one's going to hear it. How's he going to sure. referee? I hear you. I hear you. I um. I don't support anything that Blake Ferguson does. Is uh, the game doesn't need Blake Ferguson? The game doesn't miss Blake Ferguson. No, at all, not one little bit. And And you you know know what what would happen? I I can guarantee he had a little after his little incident, um, and he—I can't remember what he did. What did he do? And he was out for a little bit, and he came back for Canberra. 
was that the was that the the breezes on the roof thing? Yeah. Yeah. And he came back for Canberra and he scored yeah. a try yeah. and automatically was looking at the crowd and like giving them the sh- fucking finger up to the lip sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, could you imagine <laughs> if he, excuse me, <coughs> excuse me, if he comes <coughs> comes back next season, hypothetically, yeah, and scores a try? Do you think he's going to keep his mouth shut? Do you think no, he's just no, going to go no. high five? Yep, okay, it's good to be back. You know, this is what I love doing. Head down, nah. keep down. Nah. No. Not in his game. No. It's going to be a cockhead. Mm-hmm. And does the game really want that? Him, okay. you know, flouting in the face of, <clears throat> of his punishment? No. No, game, thank you. Game has not, has not fucking missed him at all. And you know what? I mean, really, looking at the weekend, it's not really missing Carney too much either, to be perfectly honest. Um, the the biggest thing holding rugby league back is its image and, and, and its image in this country and people's perceptions of it. And... Whilst the game can say and the NRL can say that they're um, they're taking you know all the all the steps in the world and, and going to great lengths to to improve the game's image, letting people like that back into the game and letting people like Robert Louis participate in a women in league round and 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 you know if the list goes on, then the image isn't going to change. It has to be real action and it has to be forceful action and strong leadership. And at the moment. Um, until we see Todd Carney arsehole. Mm-hmm. And not because he's committed heinous crimes that, you know, or sexually assaulted anyone or beaten his missus, but at the end of the day, how many times does a guy get to be a douchebag and earn a significant amount of money as a professional athlete in a professional sporting organisation? No, he doesn't. You've you've done your opportunity. You've You've had an opportunity to do that, and you fucked it up for yourself. Now move on. There's a thousand other kids ready to fucking come along and take your place. Exactly. Next, and speaking of Todd Carney, it's a bit of a segue. Catalan Dragons coach Laurent Frassinou is keen to sign Todd Carney, but expects plenty of competition from rival Super League clubs. His future looks likely to lie overseas after Cronulla last week became the third NRL club to dismiss the 5-8th. Hull, Warrington and Salford have already ruled out making a move for Carney. But four days after penning a new two-year coaching deal with the French club, Freysenou has declared he's a big fan of the 28-year-old. What I can tell you as a coach is everyone would love to have such a quality player. He's one of the best standoffs in the world, and I'm pretty sure we can use the relationship his manager has with Super League clubs. I suppose a lot of Super League teams will chase Todd Carney. Huddersfield signed him in 2008 after he was sacked by Canberra, but the move collapsed when he couldn't get a visa. In 2011, he had discussions with the Dragons, who then had Sydney Roosters coach Trent Robinson in charge, but he opted to instead go to Cronulla. And uh, just two weeks ago, Dragons loaned Australian halfback Scott Duro to the Roosters to make way for Carney's former Raiders teammate Sam Williams. Uh, The Dragons, based in the southern French city of Perpignan, helped resurrect the career of another disgraced Australian player, Greg Bird, in 2009. Um, <clears throat> fuck me, they're into all sorts of crazy shit, the French. Mm-hmm. I think you can earn, uh, order Todd, you know, people's urine for breakfast on the menu over there. Um, yeah. He'd fit I in quite well. So. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure it's that crazy. Sorry? I'm not sure it's that crazy. Look. Things may have changed in, in the years since I, was, since I was there, but I do not recall. They tend to be more into, you know, like a baguette. Washed down with some fresh urine. No, more, more like coffee. To be honest, <laughs> Look, it's not the France I know. Um, again, this only it, it only enables the fucking behaviour. 
and and it really should the the Super League and the NRL should have a, a much closer working relationship to say um, that if a player is not fit to to play in the NRL and represent that organisation, then the same should go for the Super League. Um, you know, it's not it's not right that he's deemed unfit to participate in a professional sporting league in Australia for a significant amount of money, and then he can turn his back on that and then walk straight into a job in a professional sporting league in another country and earn a significant amount of money. It's just... It doesn't make any sense. The thing is, as well, because of his history and his ties to the NRL, if he was to go over to France and, you know, like, you know, piss in someone's fucking yo play, then... The news articles would or be... Or charge too much for his urine on the menu for breakfast to wash down your baguette. The story would appear in Australia, you know, <laughs> former Cronulla star or former Australian, you know, Test 5-8, Todd Carney exactly. did this. It doesn't matter that he's overdoing it in fucking France or England or wherever it takes place. He's still inextricably tied to NRL for the rest of his, you know, playing days until he disappears and... Um, it can still reflect badly no matter where he's in the world. You can give me all the bleeding doing. heart stories in the world about Todd Carney being deprived an opportunity to earn a living. Mm-hmm. But the fact remains that he's going to have to fall back on whatever whatever you know skills that he has in his fucking repertoire other than playing rugby league at some Bar- point in his life. Was he bartending up in like Atherton or wherever it was? That's it. Maybe and maybe that is his lot in life because at the end of the day he was he had a fucking God given gift <laughs> to play the game of rugby league and he fucked it up for himself. And yeah. no one fucked it up for him. He fucked it up for himself by way of his own actions. And there's a lot of contributing factors in the you know, from people that should have looked out for him and should have done more for him, his his manager as we spoke last week, um, etc. But the fact is they didn't the responsibility ultimately falls on him to control his own behaviour. He didn't do so. And, you know, at the end of the day, he should be prevented from earning stupid amounts of money mm-hmm. for playing rugby league whilst being a douchebag. Yep, yep. And uh, after last week's episode, we got a text from someone. I won't identify him just in case I don't <laughs> want to be identified. But got a text that basically said that, uh, yeah... You mentioned that, you know, his father would have taught him some values. No, no, not true. Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And then the text went on to say that basically all the extended family down around, you know, where he comes from are all... Uh, oh, look, I... Rap, I believe rat bags was the term. I, um, I, I don't have any personal experience there, so I can't really comment. But um, he's a... I want to say also... Andrew Voss made a very good point that Riolo, in one of his fucking, where he's deflecting blame, where he should be accepting blame, to in at least in some small extent. Um, Andrew Voss said uh, that Rafa Nadal, yeah, twenty eight years of age, yeah. same age as Todd Carney, yeah, don't know that anyone's referring to uh, he was a Rafa kid, Nadal, kid anymore, yeah, Rafa Nadal as a kid, yeah like Riolo did. And that's the fucking problem. Yep, it's part oh, of it, this sure. kid, he's 28 years of age, you fuckhead. Yep. Like, how out of touch are you? 
Well, he's not out of touch. He knows how, he knows how to play the PR game, and he's doing what he can to fucking but swing it. He makes himself look like a tool because anyone with half a brain would go, uh, "He's twenty eight years of age. He's not a kid. You fucking yeah. moron." But he's choosing. He's you know, but like <laughs> the un, the uncritical listener who's not you know hanging on every word he's saying, and you know, just it's you know, it's just classic PR fucking you know manager you know double speak bullshit. Yeah, bullshit is what it is, and um, and that's the thing. He's a grown man, and. You know, if you want to do dumb shit, that's fine. Go and do dumb shit, but you suffer the consequences. Yep. And if it's career, so be it. <laughs> All right, <clears throat> next. <clears throat> Brayton Astor will visit a surgeon tomorrow, as we're recording the show, to discuss whether he can play on with the torn biceps or undergo what would effectively be career-ending surgery. He suffered the injury in the second half of Sunday's loss to Penrith, underwent scans on Monday that showed he'd suffered a partial but significant tear in his left bicep. The diagnosis offers hope that he can resume playing in several weeks, provided he's able to withstand the pain. Should he require surgery, he'll join a long list of Tigers players sideline for the remainder of the season, as the recovery from such an injury is about six months. At 32, and Aston may have played his last game as he's off contract at the end of the season. And, uh, yeah, and then it goes on to say, talk about, you know, Mitchell Moses making his debut, Luke Brooks is yeah, in halfback, Curtis Sirenham being re- re-signed to a three-year deal. And, uh, yeah, so an Astor. I, um, Could be gone for good. I just wonder if, if, if it does spell the end of an Astor's career as a player. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think... Um, his experience and, you know, the fact that he's, you know, he's played State of Origin, he's represented, he's played for Australia, hasn't he? I'm sure he would. Yeah, 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 no, he's played for Australia. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot to be said for that sort of experience and with the amount of young kids in the Tigers lineup, um, he's the sort of guy that would be fairly valuable around the club, I would think. And, and I just wonder if he's, um, if his loyalties still lie at the Roosters or the Bulldogs or um, or whether the Tigers might be a chance at <laughs> giving him a gig as, as a bit of a mentor. Yep. Um, and he has his detractors and he has a lot of haters, but... Yourself. Very, you sorry? So, you, yourself included up until fucking the time, January. The time that he pulled on a, uh, a Tigers jersey. But, um, yeah, I, I just think he's... Since he came to the club, he, he was actually quite good in a in a media and a in a PR standpoint and also um in you know the way that he you know, was trying to bring help bring Luke Brooks along so I just um he's he's not bringing as much to the table on the field as what um perhaps people might have expected he's been has been a bit of a calming influence I guess you could say but he's, he's certainly not um offering another aspect of dynamic attack which might provide more of a foil for Luke Brooks than um, than just just being a guy who can get in his ear and calm him down and, and try and make the right play or take a bit of pressure off the kicking game, etc. So um, interesting to see how it all pans out. But um, he's got a willing replacement in Blake Austin at, at 5'8", and he's been killing it every opportunity he's had this year. So um, I don't think we certainly don't lose too much as far as attacking Arsenal. Uh, it's that experience factor which we're missing out on. Okay, and finally, <clears throat> Queenslanders have abandoned their record-breaking Maroons side. Suncorp Stadium is on the verge of not being not selling out for the first time since 2003. 
About 6,000 tickets remain unsolved for the Dead Rubber Clash, which could draw less than 50,000 people, which hasn't happened in Queensland since matches were again played at the redeveloped Suncorp Stadium 12 years ago. Almost 48,000 people attended the last time ANZ Stadium hosted a game in 2002. The apparent snub by Queensland fans has surprised Blues coach Laurie Daly and New South Wales Chief Executive Dave Trodden. The promotion of the game hasn't been helped by Maroons coach Mal Meninga's refusal to do his usual pre-origin press conference. Queensland opted against conducting a media session on Monday. Instead, it was left to Daly to give the match some much-needed exposure. So it's quite disappointing it's not a sellout, Daly said. Every origin game is unique and different. This one will be no different. It's always a tough challenge coming to Queensland to win. The last eight years, they've had a champion team... It's a good way for the fans to support them and let them know that regardless they've lost this year's series, that they're still behind Queensland and support them. That's what their team would expect that their support base would be there. I thought I uh, <clears throat> saw something today where there was only 1,700 tickets or something left. Yeah, um, well, this is this is around which, lunchtime, so I mean, maybe they, there was a run-on, obviously, because you know, these articles also are, you know, to kind of give people a kick up the arse. Sure. Um, <clears throat> it, is, it is a little bit disappointing, I guess, and you would like to see... Um, a full house sign uh, or you know I remember <coughs> interesting little uh, segue into this story is, uh, I remember when the, I was at the game where they got um, it's 52,500 capacity they got 52,498 yep and Braith and Astor was playing and I said even Braith and Astor's parents don't want to come and watch him play <laughs> um, but it's all good Braith it's all forgiven now you, you play for the Tigers um I I certainly don't agree with snubbing the media um, at any level of the game, and certainly not the, you know the pinnacle of the game, at origin losing a series or or um, fuck me, New South Wales have had lost eight in a row, and Laurie Daly was still front and centre at, at every press conference mm-hmm. and didn't try and play any silly games. At the end of the day. The press conference and the and the media is is for the people that are supporting the series and and the sponsors that are pouring money into it. Um, show them the respect and and the courtesy they deserve by by fronting to a fucking media session and dishing out the same fucking cliches you do every other year. Like uh, I don't I don't know what point um, anyone was trying to prove in that, and um, you know it's it smacks of a bit of fucking ignorance and and arrogance worse so. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think they'll get well over fifty thousand in there, and and it'll it'll be a great atmosphere, and and hopefully a, a great game as well. And it's been a it's been a great series, as have the past few series. I don't know yep. that anyone that considers themselves a, a fairly <coughs> passionate fan of rugby league and state of origin in particular could could really argue with the fact that the last couple of series in the last few series, um. But last year and this year in particular have been very fucking tightly contested. Yep. And that's what you want. At the pinnacle of the game, you want two teams that bash each other for 80 minutes and someone squeaks out a result and move on to the next game. It's, um, you know, if if losing one series means um, people stop doing media to, to promote the pinnacle of the sport and it stops fans from showing up to the fucking games, we're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, Mal certainly, uh, you know, reducing his three-year, three-in-a-row, you know, Origins dead thing. He's acting like it's happened after one this time. <clears throat> smacks of poor sportsmanship. Sure but, you know, is. smacks of a broken state, broken coach, broken team. That's a lot of shit. And uh, so, yeah, look forward to uh, many more of them to come. 
recaps kicking off Friday night football. Canterbury banks down Bulldogs 23 to feed the mighty Manly Sea Eagles 16 at ANZ. Uh, the Dogs 23 came from tries to James Graham, Kristen Inu, Corey Thompson, and Michael Ennis. Uh, Ennis with a field goal, Kristen Inu three from four conversions. Uh, Seagulls tries to Denamis Louis, Clinton Gutherson, and Justin Horro, um, and Jamie Lyon two from three conversions. There's been a, a lot said about Manly's performance in this game that it was fairly flat, um, and they w- were a long way off their best. And and to a point, I, I certainly agree with it. Um, and, and you know they were without Cherry Evans as the Dogs were without their halves. But what um, May? Sorry, and Glenn Stewart. What May? Glenn Stewart. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I took for Just you, you take my point. I, yeah. I was actually yeah. just trying to make a little bit of a point. Um, the fact that. They were, you know, as far as the standard level of performance you expect from Manly, they were, they were a fair way off, but um, they were a point down. They were well in the game for the for the duration. They were a point down with a few minutes left, and um, and and a converted try put on them by a pass that was probably three meters forward. You know, and the, there's a lot said about the forward pass, and I agree it was a forward pass, but that fucking happens every, you know, all the time. Like oh, you kind of at one point you sort of let them go. The thing that the, the thing that shits me off is that Brown picked that ball up from an offside position, and he was downtown. He was in front of the play the ball. So the rule is that it stays. If, if the player's downtown, they can't be put on side by a touch from the opposition side. So that should have been a penalty, like on the forty meter line. Right. Manly, Manly kick it thirty meters up the field, <laughs> and they take the ball. You know, they've got probably forty five seconds from thirty five forty meters out. Let's say, and like and the way know, they were playing, they would they yeah. would have cocked it up. Yeah, but, I mean, it's not, it's not saying that they would have, they would have, you know, won the game, but I mean, it would have been a red hot chance to at least have another crack at a field goal, you know, like right yeah. in the death to take it into extra time. So the forward passing, I mean, you know, a bit of out of the box uh, thinking from Hasler playing fucking Jackson and and uh, T Rex in the halves. Um, I, I think whilst he, he probably lacked a little bit as far as the playmaking went. No, there was, and it was only it was only nominally. I mean, it was just like you know on paper. I mean, because T Rex basically played the role that he that he's he's supposed to play all the time. There was in, a like, lot more ball like playing wide, from him. He there was play. yeah, but I mean, he still just played like that fringe. He just he, he, instead of instead of playing like a the the lump of shit fringe forward, he played more like a Glenn Stewart sort of mm. fringe forward role. I mean, it's exactly what he should should be should been doing for the last fucking how many years? Fuck me. If what you know, what he should be doing is putting the ball under his wing, take taking a little mirror on the field with him and showing himself how big and strong he is. But the thing is, he had so many touches in that game, and that's what he should do. I mean, if he gets more busy and stops being such a lazy fucking yeah. piece of shit and gets more touches, and you know, it, it puts the defense in, you know, more in, you know, they think he's going to do something rather other than just meekly fucking cart it up and you know, <laughs> like surrendering a tackle. That's what he should be doing. I mean, like Ennis was the real halfback, you know, of the game, you know, as far as playmaking is concerned. Um, you know, in every in everything other than you know the number on his jersey, but um, you know, it's like T Rex. He played, you know, like he played okay. I mean, he didn't play halfback, but he played. You know, he played a, a game where he got a lot more ball and actually, you know, maybe shows a way that you know he can might be able to be used in the future and get some kind of fucking return on in you know the massive dollars they're paying him. Sure, I think um, I still think that, and it has been shown a few times this season that Manly's kryptonite is. Is um, overwhelming size and and matching their aggression, and and then I think the dogs did that. They uh, their big forwards took control of, of the game, and um, 
you know, Manly, there was a couple of times where Manly, as they tend to do, they um, up the ante on the on their opposition and uh, often teams struggle to go with them. And that's when Manly gain that upper hand. But the Dogs, I think, were, did a pretty good job of, of accepting when, when Manly were trying to lift and, and match their aggression and, and that went a long way towards them winning the game. Just on Brett Stewart, um, Manly lost this game and, and as I said there was a lot reported about them being well off their best but it just makes you wonder like some of his touches were just fucking class well that like, one yeah like that pass where like <laughs> Gutherson made that run down and you know kicked and it was, which is also class when he yeah, kicked the ball and then you know he came back in and he made mm. sure he stepped in and you know grabbed it up again that pass that like you know he barely I think it was like you know Gus or someone said look you know you wouldn't even get like Fingerprints off the ball, like, yeah. you know, the touch was so it fucking was such a good so point. nice. Yeah, um, he's missed at least two seasons with his knees. Probably, yeah. If you added them all up, yeah. And if and if you added some of the other games up, he's missed with residual, you know, hamstring yep. stuff. And, yep. You know, ankle here and and yep. all the rest of it. Imagine if he hadn't missed that footy, yeah. and he kept his speed the whole way through and didn't yeah. have didn't have to spend fucking half of a season working back up to it. Yeah. And it's a credit to him that he still has the speed. Yeah. Because there's yeah. a lot of players that never get it back That's after it. one knee, let alone two. Yeah. And you just got to wonder how fucking good he would be right now without all that time missed from injury because he's fucking amazing at the moment. Yeah. Without that, how yeah. much has that has detracted from his, his overall fucking output? Yeah. Because he's... And you could see there was, you know, the times where he wasn't at his absolute peak speed, you could see that he knew where he wanted to be, yep. but his body couldn't get him there. Yep. But there was times in that dogs game where he saw a gap yep. and it was only really fucking last-ditch scrambling efforts that, that him pulled him down yep. because he was through. Yep. And, like, that's that's the difference. It's only a stride. It's only a stride or, or a stride Yeah, that's all you need, you know. But yeah. at that level, yep. that, that's a fucking hard thing to make up. Yep. So, he's just, he's a class player. Gutherson, fucking loving him. He's loving his work again. It's a shame that Tafur was injured because, like, I much would have preferred if they hadn't have gone with Little John, moved, that, moved Jamie Lyon to 5'8", and then, um, you know, or half back, and then move move Hickey into centres, and then you know, throwing like another like an actual winger on the wing, would be much better because I mean, we did, I probably said this last week, and I definitely said it last time that that Foran and and Little John were teamed up together. They're the same sort of player, mm. and they don't work together. They don't they don't work well together because you need the different. You know, you need the the, the difference at like Cherry Evans. You need like. They're not, you know, Four is not a creative guy. He's a tough. He's a tough guy, you know. That could, you know, play a bit of ball. And he was a relentless. <clears throat> he keeps coming. Yeah, keeps coming. That, exactly. He exactly. eventually wears you down. Exactly. And it's like there's a lot of people. Oh, Des has like master coach. I don't think his strategy had anything to do with it. I mean, he had no choice but to you know run with the players he ran with because he, like you know Mbai and all those ones that are like you know backup halves and everything as well. I think they're, he yeah, they're, not, they're not available. He went for size. He probably could have went with. <clears throat> You know, like for like, but the reason that they he won, went for though, size, I think the reason had nothing to do with the strategy. <laughs> the reason they won was the fact that they completed all except for like two sets, I think, in the mm. entire game. Out, like, I think it was like they were like thirty-nine out of forty-one or something of that nature, and then they, and they defended well. That's just they didn't the play, have an elaborate game plan. The players that are on the field, yeah. The players that were on the field just like they just defended well, and and completed like really well, and the, and and Manly played like crap. 
but also squandered so many opportunities as well. I mean, remember, like, towards the end there, like, you know, it was a couple minutes to go, and Foreman's gone for a little chip that actually went over the crossbar. <laughs> <laughs> then you know into the in goal kept playing for the try just just fucking just just tie it up I mean you know they had they had good you know sort of three to four chances where they could have got a field goal with, without a lot of pressure on the guy taking the kick particularly that one with four and I mean if he just had a dropped it you know straight over and so things like that rather than I mean I like the positive approach the fact that like you know that they were clearly not playing very well but they were still going for the win like you know the yeah. whole time I love I love that fucking attitude because when they've got all their players you know that that it just adds like this level but of unstoppability. Sometimes when the game's on the line, you got to do what you got to do to get a win. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. And you better, you, you know, you best believe that Cherry Evans would just call my fucking, you know, first chance he got, you know, with, you know, forty meters or less out, any angle, and no one charging in on him. But no matter what tackle, he would have just potted it, you know, and we have worked from there. And you know, what's next? But um, <clears throat> but the fact once again. Steamrolled, steamrolled down the middle, and still, you know, really, really. I mean, it was more like a one-point loss. You know, it was lost in the field goal more than anything else. So, um, you know, I'm still pretty happy with the uh, the effort. But the other thing I saw today, and I didn't even realise, both of the times they've they've had losses like this, have come after playing the Roosters. The week after playing the Roosters, both times, and so you just wonder how much. And the Roosters, given what you know, we'll get to their game as well. You just have to wonder how much those, you know, the, those games against each other. Take well, out of them the next mentally yeah. and physically for the next week because both teams have lost both games the week after they played each other. And we've always talk up, you know, oh wow, the Manly versus East game, you know, that was like, well, that was one of the best games in the entire, you know, the entire season. So you just wonder how much those two going at it, you know, takes out of them, you know, the next, the, you know, the next week. Sure. Um, fucking, what else did I want to say about this game? Um, oh, nothing, I hope. James Graham was pretty fucking good, I thought. Yeah. For a cheating fucking ear-biting... <laughs> for a Luis Suarez wannabe. Yeah, for... um, I, I, I think he's, he's... They're fucking talking him up as the greatest Englishman ever to play ever to play in the NRL. Give me a break, Gareth Ellis. You know, give me... Well, uh, you know, if, you know, Gareth, you know, Gareth, you know, is, is what Gareth is. But, I mean, yeah, great. Put another, put another four seasons of that on and, you know, you'd be hard to argue. Sure, if he plays like that every week. Yeah. He plays, but he goes, he goes, I mean, he doesn't play poorly. I can't Hey, I'm not hating on James Graham. I'm just saying, I'm just I don't know any poor games, because like, Gareth's had some be, poor games, not to mention sat out a lot of, you know, a lot of games with, you know, various little niggles. Now you've got to fucking hate on Gareth. I'm not hating on him, I'm just... It sounds I'm like just, you're hating on him. I'm just dispensing... In favour of James Graham, well, got a fucking good mind to walk out. I'm dispensing the real talk, that's all I'm doing. Just trying to hit you with a dose of fucking reality. Well, quite frankly, I don't need it. Uh, Twitter, SammyBoy1986. Despite being beaten by the understrength bitches, my money's still on Manly to win the comp. Damn them. Unky D. The next natural disaster to kill millions should be called Ennis. Hurricane Ennis, Tsunami Ennis. He's this generation's Terry Lamb. And he went on to say, he went on to say, like, if I was, you know, in a room with Hitler, Rolf Harris, and Michael Ennis, and I had a gun with two bullets, I'd start practicing my German. <laughs> That's um, another positive contri- contribution to the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. And then someone replied. I can't remember who replied to him, but they said, "They said, just put the two bullets into into, into Hitler and let Rolf take care of it." <laughs> GT three fifty one underscore Johns. Sixteen players, no halves, gutsy effort in a tough game. Better side in the night one, and the refs lost. Go doggies. Bay Bay BNC. I hereby invoke hash refs fault. Settle now. At Hammers. Whenever I hear them say Fanukin, I hear Hadouken. <laughs> <laughs> Fanukin. 
Flugen. Um, is it really that high pitched? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it depends. It depends which version. If you're talking like you know, like you know, the Street Fighter Two and Champion Edition, yeah, it's like they they do it pretty high pitched like that. But then if you like, oh, you've got Street Fighter Four out there on the PlayStation, and yeah, and he's like, they're like it's a totally different change of voices. So there's a history of Street Fighter. You know, there you go. They have how they say Hidokin. Um Just I was going to bring this up in the tipping afterwards though, but I'll do it this while it's topical. I'll bring it up for this game. You get all these fucking troll Canterbury, you know, you know, cunt supporters of a cunt team. Lippiest fucking, lippiest fucking punishes pests you ever fucking seen in your life, right? And they're like, oh, fucking manly this and manly that. Fucking bulldogs are fucking blah, blah, fluff the balls. I would just like to note, as I was get, going through the tipping today to find out who the leader was and everything, because we've got one game left, the, the Origin game counts on this week's tipping. We got one game left, so so we didn't actually have the total scores. I had actually, you know, checked the overall. GT Johns, Chapo, Dave Mack, and more um, Bulldog supporters who aren't, um, you know, Gronk cunts like um like Andrew, like three card magic trick, for example. None of them tipped the Bulldogs on Friday night. So when you're talking about you know shit that's, shit that's never in doubt and oh you fucking Aussie battlers this and whatnot. You cunts had no faith in your fucking team either. It's a fucking disgrace because I'll never tip against Manly no matter what I think the result's going to be. But I mean, yeah, I always expect them to win though. Um, moving right along, St. George Illawarra Dragons, 27, defeat the North Queensland Cowboys, 24. And uh, this one, the Dragons, 27, came from tries to Charlie Runciman, a hat-trick to Jason Nightingale, as good wingers do. Gee, we don't get to say that. haven't had said that you know, no. in recent weeks a lot, have we? Adam Quinlan also. Uh, Widdop got a field goal and three from five conversions, defeating the Cowboys 24 points. A double to Antonio Winterstein, Tarek Sims, Curtis Rona, Jason Talmalolo, also with tries, and Ethan Lowe, two from four conversions, in the absence, of course, of uh, Johnny. Tiao Tiao Mogo's uh, made his debut for, for North Queensland after being signed from the Roosters. Is uh, Springfield Panther represent... Thought he thought he went pretty well. Uh, remember, when, remember when he was a shit? Was it like the start of last season? Or was it one before? And he was like, "This guy, he's the fucking guy. He's the man. He's going to be the fucking blockbusting fucking next. You know, I don't know, like knowing the Druku or fuck. You know, like Reggie's. Yeah, but um, he's certainly a talent. Perma Reg. Um, well, mate Troy, he um played against him uh, in some some. Opposed games when he was playing for the Springfield Panthers would have got absolutely fucking trucked too for and his troubles. He was, I think, Moga was sixteen. Yeah. Troy was playing A grade at the time, and uh, this kid, he goes, "You just knew, like, there's grown men, yeah, trying to fucking stop this kid. There's no and, chance. Like they're just walking off, going, it's, it's fucking ridiculous." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> if you know, at 16 years of age, um, and I guess a lot of them do, <laughs> as far as, um, you know, the, the, the power athletes, yep. you, you, you'd know at 16 um, what you're probably going to get out of them, but he's uh, showed some of his promise in this game through through a really good pass for one of Winterstein's tries and um, some good runs, made a couple of errors as well, probably just trying a little bit too hard, but... Um, I'm hoping he gets some consistent game time with the Cowboys and, and, and can try and make a name for himself up there and realise a bit of his potential. Do you think Nightingale's probably the most underrated winger in the comp? 
I mean, he, he has uh, a few fans. Don't get me wrong, but certainly you know, he's, George. He's beloved. He's beloved in the show. He's beloved in uh, you know the gong. Mm. So, but fuck, he's a good finisher for for yeah. all the the fucking fluff and glitter about Brett Morris mm-hmm. and his finishing ability. Yeah. Donegal's not a million miles away from him. No, I still think Morris is a better, he's a better finisher, but not, not yeah, probably doesn't get the opportunities him. for those sorts of he things either. He would definitely edge him, yep. but I wouldn't think he's a million miles away. No. I, um, yeah, I just think some of his finishes, he's got no right to, to... And he doesn't look like an athlete. No, not at all. He's a bit of a dog's body. Yeah. And he contorts himself and does half fucking somersaults with a twist and a half pike and... And gets the ball down in all sorts of situations. I'm just, and he gives a hundred percent in every game. Yep. And sometimes that's all you fucking want from some of your players. <laughs> <laughs> There's some players if you could get that out of them consistently. <laughs> yeah, there'd, there'd be a lot more immortals. Yeah, that's right. Um, Ben Cray uh, at an altercation with the Sims brother in this game. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the new rules, the new, the new one punch you're off rules. Are just, is there a player that benefits more than Ben Cray? Well, <laughs> honestly, he um, he was there and he was toe to toe with Ashton Sims until Ashton Sims touched him, and then mysteriously it evaporated. Was five of Ben Cray's teammates between Ben Cray and Ashton mm-hmm. Sims. Yeah. As soon as it became you know a physical encounter, Ben Cray wanted nothing to do with it and slipped it straight into reverse. And, uh, and and got the fuck out of there. I'd like to call Ben Cray. I'd like, I'd like to propose a nickname for him, something along the lines of calling him like Springer. The reason being, he's got like that. He's he's like the he's like the fucking the hopped up dude on the Jerry Springer show. Goes in there, starts getting in the face of someone, picks up a chair and throws it, knowing that security is instantly going to crash tackle yeah. everyone, and it's not going to actually come to anything. Yeah. You just got to be first. You got to be the one that goes out there and makes the loud noise first, <laughs> and you 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 know you got you're the instigator of everything. And you know you the security's like the gonna get in there. Yeah, you're gonna look like a tough guy. <laughs> but security's gonna get in there before we actually get proven not to be. That's Ben Cray. He's that guy. That's possibly the greatest fucking analogy <laughs> that's ever been done on this show. <laughs> Springer. Springer. There you, there you go. That'll do. Springer Cray. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, good win from the Dragons. Solid play from uh, Gareth Woodup. Benji Marshall, their combination is getting better. Um, and I think Benji probably summed it up him, himself pretty well uh, in the pre-game interview where he said that, yes, their combination is coming along and, and they've still got some work to do, but a lot of it has to do with, the you know, when he first got to the club, he was trying to prove a point to everyone. Yep. And it's the Benji Marshall way. Yep. And I guarantee, um, you know, if... When they play the Tigers again, yep. which is later in the season, you just can't help but think then he's probably going to slip back into that mode again, if only for one game. Yep. But, um, you know, Widdop came along to the club uh, from the get-go and was steering the ship around, albeit they were having some tough losses, but I, I don't know that he'd had really any any bad games. No, and they had, they had some wins, a couple of wins to, to kick it off too. Mm. Um, yeah, started the season really well off the back of some of his good play. So um, it's actually, you know, it's it's one of those times where Benji says the right thing in the media and it, it seems to be looking like he's putting things into practice um, on the field to, to have a, a more positive effect on the team. Now, uh, we've got a Twitter. Cody Girdlestone 
said, uh, Paul McGregor, hash revelation. Hash, even better than the Panthers cheerleader. Ignoramus, I say. To that, <laughs> to that I respond and call you an ignoramus, sir. There is nothing. Although the Dragons, you know, on an ongoing basis, there is a bounce back effect with, you know, caretakers and whatnot. But, you know... The way he's going currently and turn things around a little bit and tighten them up and made them a bit tougher the way they play, they could do worse than, you know, perhaps another, you know, throw another year at McGregor, see how he goes. Did you see um, the report today that the Dragons might have been interested in Carney? No, I did not see that. That's ridiculous. I've seen some reports like Canberra, maybe, but then, you know, then some people in Canberra are like going, fuck yeah, we'll have him. And then, you know, a Ferner comes out and says, you know, fuck no, we ain't having him. Mm. But when you you only have to look at the fact that Wayne Bennett sacked Paul McGregor from mm-hmm. the Dragons when he was there because he was a dickhead on the piss. Been too much of a layer on the piss, yeah, in um, team bonding and whatever. Is that the guy you want mentoring, Todd Carney? No. Or maybe yes. What a fucking train wreck. I mean, if your coach is your drinking buddy and he's going to the thing, you know, he can keep a leash on you through the drinking times as well. Probably you'd be doing a better job than Dave Rubiolo, I'm sure. Exactly. Um, I'm up 23. I don't know whether it's the travel or the weather, but the Cowboys just can't win in Honolulu. That's a really thoughtful and uh, creative tweet. Yeah. Do you like that one? Um, I want to give a shout out to the Dragons for their tribute to Reg Gasner as well. Um, I think they... uh, they handled the occasion pretty well, and they uh, they marked the passing of, of of a great man and, and a fantastic player, um, you know, in a pretty special way. And I know a lot of the Dragons fans were really impressed uh, at the ground, but watching Twitter, etc. And uh, yeah, really, really classy touch, I thought. And finally, Dragons underscore Red V. This is this is some two thousand and five stuff from Benji. Finally, that Tigers stink is coming off. Hash <laughs> Tigers in decline. Saturday night, the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks 30 defeated the Sydney Roosters 28. And uh, this game, I swear, I had my jaw towards the end of the, I was just like, I was just sitting there in shock, laughing. Um, the Sharkies tries to Wade Graham, a double to Jacob Gagan. So Saifeki would try Jeff Robson as well. Michael Gordon, five from five conversions, critical. And uh, the Roosters 28, a double to Mitch Orbison, Mitchell Pearce, Sean Kenny Dowell, Brendan Elliott with tries. James Maloney, four from five conversions. It was gutsy. This shit was fucking magical. It I fucking was... hate the Sharks. Like, they're a Super League scum, scum side, you know, peptide cheating fucking, you know, gangbangers. But... Fucking Aussie Battlers, mate. Fairly damning assessment of the Sharks Aussie. as an organisation. <laughs> Little Aussie Battlers. <laughs> Aussie Battlers getting fucking thumped by the defending premiers. I was sitting there watching it in the first 20 minutes, 25 minutes or so, and thought, this is going to be something like 80 nil. Yeah, this, it was on this track. It's going to be one of those games, and they've had a shit run. The whole side of things, you know, like they say, for two years now. Their first um, step out since the Carney thing as well. Yeah, so Carney's, Carney's a week of media up. pressure, bad training, probably Coach is training, gone, yeah, training. And you know they've got a guy that no one knows who he is. You know, by the looks of him, I'm pretty sure he was the guy selling pies at Ramonda Stadium not a week ago. Yeah. Now he's coaching the side. Um, but fuck me, if the Roosters. You know, the Sharks came out in that second half and I think Wade Graham believed and I think he dragged his teammates with him 
in, in what was a pretty career-defining win for Wade Graham, I thought. I yep. was really impressed with his leadership, both in attack and defence. Um, but the Roosters have to take some responsibility for the result. They they completely clocked off. Some of their defence up the middle, when it was all going really fucking wrong, Cronulla were just rolling. Mm-hmm. Rolling. It wasn't like there was just a bunch of Hail Mary plays and... And, and and everything came off. It's the a, it's a, it was the same as the Broncos. They just kept rolling forward through the middle, mm. and the forward started doing the business. Except this time, you know, without you know your gallons and, and people like that. I mean, sure. unheralded completely. Yeah, the best you know the best player on Origin duty, the second best player sacked. You know, fucking crazy. But the the thing is as well, they had their comeback, and you're sort of thinking because well, it was like tw- sixteen to. You know, whatever it was. Oh, no, it would have been 22 to to 6. And then, you know, they got back to 22-18 or they, or, they, or they get close to that. And then the Roosters, the Roosters actually came back and scored another try mm. and then put it out to like a, you know, Nick more thought, comfortable. Ah, okay, here we go. The Roosters all... Uh, yeah, they've, they've, they've snuffed it out. They've, you know, they've made their little run, but they've snuffed it out. And, you know, the, the Roosters have, have, have succeeded where the Broncos didn't in that they've arrested the flow and it wasn't just this big roll. But then they fucking come back and got another one. And then they got the winning try and, uh, and then defended resolutely to the point where... They had a very, very fucking. They had the play. The, the the game ended with them holding up a Roosters player. I think it was Orbison trying and for a hat trick. Imagine how fucking broken hearted the Sharky scenes would have been if they had given that a try. Oh, just it's just terrible, terrible. And I don't, I don't believe it was. Oh, I for don't the record, it was yeah. So I mean, there might be a lot of complaining about the whole, you know, referee on the field. You know, has his guess and then sends it upstairs, and it can't be overruled either way. But if nothing else, the Manly game on Friday night proved. That this round, it seemed like the referees and the, you know, and well, the video referees were actually having more input, not only on their, not only on their decisions. Of what he, what he said, I, I think the video evidence was pretty conclusive yeah. that he can get the ball down. Oh no, but if he had a said try on field, it wasn't. It, it, you know, you, you looking at it from the other angle, you wouldn't say, oh, it was, con- it was, it was conclusive, like a hundred percent that he didn't get it down, because there was that kind of bit where it looked like. He may, he possibly could have got it down at the start, but then they got under it, and then they were definitely under it by the end. But um, man, you got to say, I mean, they could have, they could, you know, they could have turned it up at twenty-two nil down or whatever they were, twenty-two six or and whatever it, really it was. Would have been eighty nil. Yes, yeah, they really, yeah, exactly. They really could have, and um, and yeah, and so, it I mean, it's good. You know, say what you want about hating Cronulla's from Super League, not that you'd like to hold on to a grudge, but. <laughs> there's some Sharkies fans that have been suffering fairly hard and um, for them to get over the top of the Roosters in a game like that um, and, and the way that that game played out, you know... It's and two weeks in a row, they they, yeah. they exceed the their record comeback as a club in consecutive weeks. just fairy tale shit. A lot of South fans, um, and, and, you know, we'll get to the South game, but a lot of South, team, South fans took a lot of pleasure... Mate, it always yeah. happens. It's ever since they're social media people, I mean, they've always hated each other. But like then, then when the social media people started yeah. that love to hate thing and everything like that, it's just, Twitter's just become fucking ridiculous in terms of you know East versus South fans. It's, it's, it's I quite love a good rivalry, but Jesus Christ, it over, it's, it's, over, it's over the top. I think though, it is. their rivalry. I agree. But um, you know, it is what it is, and South had their enjoyment for a day or two, and then didn't they fucking get their comeuppance? <laughs> but uh, we'll get Twitter for this one first. And uh, we had um, 
at Runoff Renoff. Is that first tweet from it's from uh, mm-hmm. Runoff Renoff? Must be close, surely. Uh, as a Broncos fan, I just found the best antidote to last week's result. <laughs> Thanks, Roosters. <laughs> Luke Shark 74. Congrats to Sydney Roosters. Really took it to the Cronulla Sharks, but it was always a guaranteed two points. <laughs> up, up, Cronulla. And um, at Tall Hayden. Cronulla Sharks winning percentage since Blake Ashford was dropped two weeks ago. 100%. Uh, Unky D. One. Sydney Roosters 2014. Two. Greg Norman 1996. Three. New Zealand America's Cup team, 2013. The Roosters take top place in the Michael Hutchins Cup. Uh, Ryan Finance, no Tupo, Jennings, Guerra, Cordner, RTS or Mini, but we were up 24-0 and lost. That's pathetic, and right now I hate rugby league. <laughs> <laughs> Benny 2-7. It's a sad indictment on Shane Haynes' Roosters when Jeff Robson scores when being tackled by four players. And he's on hash RWB leprosy. Uh, JR underscore buff. Is Dank working for Labor Health? It's a hash ridiculous. And Labor <laughs> Health, of course, the sponsor that who's uh, come in as the major sponsor, or at least they've taken the major sponsor position on the Sharkies sure. jerseys now. They would have got so, that at a bargain basement price, I would think. Uh, you would think so, but we were only talking about in the news a couple of weeks ago how they are talking about the Holden Firm on the, weren't they? Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, Good so, point. Um, okay, uh, Sunday, Penrith Panthers 26, defeat the West Tigers 10 at Leichhardt. And uh, this one, the Panthers 26 came from, tries to Matt Moylan, double to Dean Fare, Kevin Nakama, Jamal Idris also with tries, Jamie Sauer three from five conversions, defeating the Tigers, tries two, Blake Austin, Luke Brooks, Pat Richards, one from two conversions. Pretty disappointing from the Tigers. Um I'll tell you what the the biggest thing they're going to have to work on is the level of performance that they can generate between when Farah is there and when he's not there. They have to they have to bridge the gap there. Yep. If if Robbie's out of the side for representative duties or injury, um, and they have won a couple of games without him this year, you just got to think, you know, why at times are they so poor without him in the team? It's it's inexcusable that the rest of the team should be more professional than that and be able to play um, and and cover. You know, you're not going to get the same level of performance, but fuck, does it have to be that horrible? At least get someone serviceable. To I mean, because it can't all be just in the way that Robbie distributes the ball from dummy half sure. and to play the ball. It's and obviously, you know, he's the the captain and you know he's very inspirational. You know. There's a lot of factors, but there's no excuse for missing that many tackles. Just on a technical basis, yeah, he's not making all those tackles for them. Yeah. He makes a lot of tackles, but I mean, you know, his replacement makes good tackles. He's, you know, decent yeah, look, defender, the, if nothing the, else. The hack on Luani is that he, it's not his defence, it's that. He's a very good attack, defender, I think. In attack, he, he offers very little, and he doesn't really have the acceleration out of dummy half that that would lead to, to good metres there when catcher markers. Um, yep out so um but at the end of the day they've shown their shown their hand there in the fact that he's going to be Robbie's replacement and um you know when, when he's out on origin duty etc so um until such time as Manaya Charrington from the 20s um he's, he's going to be ready to step up which probably won't happen until at least next year um Given our issues in the centres, Tim Simona can't come back quick enough. Um, He's Tristan, about looking about three weeks away, I think. Yeah, exactly. And it's going to be a very, very long three weeks if that's the case. He's, um, 
he's sorely missed. Chris Lawrence is he had another horrible game. We spoke earlier about Pat Richards having the only poor game I've ever seen him play. And and Keith Leah is I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't that much of a detractor of you, you weren't you weren't exactly high on him at the start of the year, but I mean you no. weren't you weren't you weren't uh, against his, his uh No and and place he, in the side. Whilst he wasn't having horrible games, there was some things that he was doing which were reasonably solid, but you get, we're getting nothing out of him now. Nothing at all. And it's it, it's having a detrimental effect on the team. So uh, when Simona comes back, he's on the left and put Lawrence on the right. And, uh, you know, there's some, some rumblings on Twitter about wanting to put Lawrence in the in the back row somewhere, shoehorn him in there. But I'd fucking put him in Cronulla if it was up to me. I just think he's, you know, he's young enough, but I just think that hip injury has is, is had a psychological effect. Um, yeah, or maybe he's had it. Yeah, physical, yeah, maybe there is like a big physical, you know, you know, over, uh, you know, big cost involved mm. physically. Like, he just can't get, but, you know, he just can't do what he used to be able to do. But, I'm no Dr. Nick, but I know that your hip bone's not connected to your fucking hand bone, so it doesn't, <laughs> fucking, doesn't account for the drop ball. That's true. <laughs> I really think Penrith asked all the questions in this game, and unfortunately, um, they had all the answers as well. So the Tigers, as I said, very, very disappointing. Uh, you know, Jamal Idris ran strongly, played very well. Sow, they, Peter Wallace got hurt. Jamie Sow took control, mm-hmm. and... Um, Something you know, don't normally say about Jamie Soward. He really took the game by the scruff of the neck and 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 marched them on to to victory. Though Penrith deserved top spot on the ladder at the moment, and they're, they're playing some good football. They've got a good mix in their side. I like Penrith's side, and the Tigers really should have, should have shown up with a lot more to play uh, to play for. It was at Leichhardt Sunday afternoon. Everyone makes a big deal about it, but you know. Too many more performances like that, and and Leichhardt's going to end up like ANZ Stadium. It's just going to be a cavernous arsehole with no one in it if you if you keep yeah. turning up like that. Yeah, like over sixteen and a half thousand people is a good crowd on this occasion. Absolutely, though, yeah. So kudos to the Penrith nerds um, and all our other Penrith fans who are listeners of the show, and uh, they're uh, they're certainly flying high at the moment. The Penrith and uh, and the Tigers were nowhere near good enough. Shunda86, speaking of Penrith nerds, hash, revenge of the nerds. Lost a little bit, little bit of its luster wailing on an undermanned Tigers outfit. Glad to end the seven-game losing streak, though. JR underscore buff. The Tigers were so brave. So, so brave. So brave. So brave. Hash, so brave. LQT. <laughs> <laughs> The Tigers losing an inept display of amateur rugby league and asked out for a few weeks. Hash silver lining. Hash Tigers in decline. The Ben Zed. It appears that uh, you, Glenn, have taken over the Leichhardt scoreboard. You see I saw one? that. And the scoreboard of Leichhardt reads, West Tigers, 11 tries, 12 goals, one field goal, total points, 69 to nil. <laughs> uh, Just immature, Nathan. <laughs> and uh, that's, uh, that is it. The tweet. So I would say we moved to. Oh, Mon- just sorry. sorry I want to give ahead. Mitchell Moses. He made his debut along with Matt Lodge, Hash Brothers cunt. Um, and I thought both boys went quite well for the Tigers. Um, 
Brooksy didn't have a horrible game. Um, Blake Austin didn't have a horrible game, but some some of the guys through the middle really fucking need to have a look at themselves in defence. And some of them will have to look at themselves off the field too because, like you said, you got Braith out. Bodine's looking like he's in a cop of suspension, mm. isn't he, for a week? So uh, Liam's out for you know the foreseeable future. Yep. Sue's out for... He's still out for a little while. A couple of weeks, three weeks maybe. So anyway, Monday Night Foot Bitch, the Titans, 14, defeated South Sydney Rose 10, and oh, fuck me, mate, did, did we laugh? Did we laugh on, on a week where, you know, the minnows got over the top of the, the, the amazing sides, with the exception of Sunday afternoon's game. Um, Titans, 14 points came from tries to David Mead, William Zillman, Kevin Gordon, and they got it to Gordon, and they got it to him for a conversion too. He's the only guy that hit a conversion. Old sexy eyes couldn't know one at all. And uh, the Rabbitohs tried to Luke Keery. Conversion to Adam Reynolds. Two penalty goals to Adam Reynolds. A lot of Titans fans, or a few Titans fans, have bitched and moaned that we haven't made enough about the Titans injuries. Um, And to be honest, I didn't actually realise how bad it was because I tend not to take a great deal of notice of the Titans. But um, it was only that uh, Kelly was back last night and I was like, fuck me, he seems to have been out for a long, long while. Yeah. Um, Caesar's still out. Yep. And considering they had no origin representatives and South were really only without GI. Instant retirement for Ashley Harrison as well. Yep. Last week or through the week, yeah. Um, so the Titans will, will be proud of themselves to squeaking out a victory given their position on the ladder at the moment. And, um, I just... This game was fucking woeful. Mm-hmm. So many penalties. It was way over refereed, mm-hmm. over over officiated, um, to to a level that even had the commentators saying, you know, how many yeah. how many penalties in how it many. It doesn't minutes. take a lot to start off a commentator though about refereeing though these days. No, it doesn't. It's, but, it's a cheap heat. But the amount of errors as well, like just drop ball and stupid tackles, stupid things, missed mm. tackles were horrible. Um, I just, I'm, I'm really looking for a cure for the AIDS and the genital herpes and the anal warts and the vaginal bruising that I got from this game because it was just, it was fucking horrendous on so many levels. And no one's going to argue with you on that point either. Like Twitter was, you know, the guys that listen to this show, the two and H people like, you yeah. know, Vuvuzela of the year, hands down. And it says a lot about South that Titans were, were fucking horrible. And South were playing at home in front of a, a small crowd, albeit. Well, yeah, as they do in home. But they still had... It, w- it wasn't all that long ago that people were starting to talk about Adam Reynolds for Origin. And yeah, but John you saw Sutton the articles. for Origin. Yeah. And, you know, they had all the Burgess brothers. Yeah, yeah. That's... Nathan Merritt actually got into Origin. Exactly. Cost some series, but, yeah. They would Merritt there. Dylan Walker's been in has been in good form. Um, you know, Sutton, Reynolds, Burgess boys, Isaac Luke come off the bench, I think. Yep. Uh, no excuses for South. No GI, fair enough, but uh, no excuses for not winning, but also no excuses for not putting some semblance of a, of a solid professional performance together. And you'd have to say that Michael Maguire will be flogging the piss out of him in training this week. Yeah. Because that is the very definition of an embarrassing loss. 
Yeah, right. I am playing against a team that should have been flogged by thirty, and 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 yourself playing like you know you should have been flogged by thirty. And it wouldn't have taken much for South. Well, given the quality they had in the side, it wouldn't have taken much to just excuse me, <coughs> just tighten things up a little bit, play through the middle, get quick play the balls, and and go off the back of that. It's it's a simple game, but they made it look so fucking difficult. It was hard to watch. Okay, so Twitter Garbs nineteen eighty five, Paul Carter is like the night's watch. No matter how big the threat, his defence always comes out on top. I love a good Game of Thrones reference. Up twenty three, an infinite amount of monkeys with an infinite amount of typewriters still would have struggled to tip a perfect round this week. Ain't that the truth? I think the the top ten people in our competition are on two from five at the moment with the Origin game still to come. Wow. Shunter 86. Cardi did a little fist pump in the coach's box. Finally, a cheeky $5 on Zilman anytime paid off. <laughs> He's got hash, five more years. The Ben Zed. That effort, a metaphor for the socio-economic situation in Redfern. Lazy cunts who can't manage 80 minutes work in a week. It's Mitchell 180. Worst game ever. I'd agree with that. Aussie 11198. That game was more painful than a Burgess brother birth. Hash cunts in decline. Hash fuck off Souths. And uh, <laughs> Mup23 again said, most exciting Titans game all year. Anyone claiming Vuvuzela hasn't been paying attention. Hash painful. And the final word on this game has to go to Ben Zed. Said, shelving an AIDS carrying porcupine whilst being skull fucked by Chapo would be more enjoyable than that effort. Previews this week, uh, I think it's the last, I'm praying it's the last of the bi-affected rounds. Cowboys, Dragons, Rabbitohs and Roosters have a bye this weekend. Um, and so Friday Night Football, match of the round. Mighty Manly Seagulls take on the West Tigers. Brookvale, Fortress Brookvale. Uh, the unfortunate side, I think Shane Hayne is involved as a referee. But, um, so it'll be the Rose fault when you lose. Look, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Cherry Evans returns, uh, which is good to see. And uh, no... No Watmo. Now, um, when is he supposed to fucking be back? I mean, he had he got he got four weeks, didn't he? So that was after the last Origin game. So there's maybe one, two. Oh, okay, so maybe this is his last game. That he's going to have to sit out then. That sucks. But in any case, Cherry Evans back. All good. Now the uh, Farah's back. Aaron Woods is back. Yeah, and that's good. For, that's good for the Tigers. However, they still have the um, the one-two punch. Of uh, Keith Lulia and Chris Lawrence in the side, uh, they they also have a, you know the rook number one Mitchell Moses. Uh, he'll be tested sorely by far better opposition than he uh, than his baptism last week, and uh, he'll stand up to it. The kids, the injuries, kids the injuries are still the injuries. Than you give him credit for, and uh, James Gavay returns, and that'll have a massive effect on Ava and and Marty Tapia. And Mick Potter laid the blueprint for how to beat Manly earlier in the season. Um, other teams have been following suit, and uh, the West Tigers will, will will take it up a notch and and beat them with size and aggression, led by James Gavay when he comes off the bench. But uh, they know how to get the job done. Aaron Woods will uh, will get them on the front foot, and then uh, Tapao and Gavay will come off and and finish the job in the forwards, and then uh, Robbie and Brooksy 
will run right. I think Noffer and, and Pat Richards will get sore hands catching balls and diving over the trial. And, uh, <laughs> and that's... I, I'm, I'm quite frankly, I'm, I'm a bit concerned that they may get RSI from, from scoring tries. And, and that uh, concludes... Tigers 13 plus. And that concludes Glenn's fever dream of how this game's going to go. And the reality of the situation is, is that the Manly going to be stung from last week. Uh, As back, to, West Tigers, no. back to back to full strength. And, you know, the West Tigers, they 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 knew what was going, you know, coming, and they they pretty much prelude themselves for what was coming from the Panthers last week. And this week, they're going to have to probably, uh, you know, they have to do more than lube themselves because I mean, Manly, whether they like it or not, they're coming in dry, and uh, with Cherry Evans there, unless he gets killed in the State of Origin game. This game is going to be an absolute fucking bloodbath at Fortress Brookvale. West Tigers can't win at Brookvale Oval, and uh, and they won't win. And Manly are going to well. They'll what be a in- glorious victory it shall be at Brookvale Oval, beating the Seagulls at their own game with with big strong forwards and aggression and intimidation, um, and sending Manly never played that game. Sending That's not the their Brookvale faith. It's one thing, Nathan. It's one thing to overpower Manly and make them look like. <laughs> You know, submissive little bitches at Leichhardt Oval in the pouring rain in front of, you know, 17,000 diehard fans. But to do it in front of 6,000 so-called diehard manly fans at Brookvale Oval... I mean, this is the stuff dreams are made of. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Dreams. This one's going to be, it's going to be over by half time. <laughs> and the beautiful thing is, given the opposition that Penrith have later on this weekend, I think they are on top by a four and against of two points, I think, in the differential. So let's just say that Manly are going to set up a sizable buffer, probably in the vicinity of 30 points on the top of the table in four and against by the end of this round. And uh, I look forward to it. And uh, there's going to be a lot of... Uh, a lot of manly forwards, you know, feel like they have a lot to prove this weekend. Um, Brooks, and Austin, admittedly, they haven't Moses, got great. Farah, they haven't got great opposition to prove no it against. Answer. They, I mean, the, the the Tigers pack is you know pretty hopeless. I mean, it's not like the manly forwards are going to be making their names on this game, but they're still going to you know you can only you can only you know beat up and quite frankly molest the ones in front of you, and so you know they're the names that are going to be the guys that you know point to the doll saying you know where that big bad manly guy fucking touch you, and uh, yeah, Keefe. Keep saucy, saucy. No, look up, mate. Look up. It's over. They, they, no, you're safe here. They can't hurt you. They can't hurt you anymore, Keefe. Just show us, show us on the doll. We've bashed them before. Show us on Do the, it again. Show us, show us on the, show us on the doll. <coughs> where, uh, where, where the name is Louis touched you. Just show look, us. you've got an immediate out. <laughs> you've got an out already with Shane Hayne refereeing. So when the Tigers inevitably Don't need pull it. out I mean, a glorious victory and 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 lead, you know, start our our march. Tonight. To premiership glory <laughs> by beating Manly at their own game on their own turf. Uh, you've got an out and it'll be ref's fault. It'll be Shane Haynes doing and uh, you know, you'll move on to the, you'll move on fairly swiftly. Uh, but I will I'll revel. Shane Haynes revel in this victory. Shane Hayne is more like a he's he's more like a I don't know, I guess more in the horse racing handicapping kind of things. It's just basically Manly will be carrying top weight in this game with Shane Hayne being there. But it's still what you know the, the the win will still be no, you know, it, 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 we won't even add any extra glory to it because it's just business as usual. It's what you've got to do. You've got to have, you know, when you're the best team in the competition, Shane Haynes is usually refereeing your games because you're in the best games. <laughs> you know, you match, match the round every week, week in, week out. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to happen again. And it's, it's unfortunate for West Tigers. Is there any other games on this weekend? Because, fuck, we've crapped on about that one for a while. Yeah, it's true. But, I mean, <laughs> frankly, the Tigers are already... Where, where are you at the moment? 11th, 12th? In my mind, Nathan, we're always first. Yeah, but I mean, like in actual real world. Like, you know, you've had enough of your fantasy world. 10th. 
tenth. So this this one, you or know, as fit- I like to call it, equal fourth. Yeah, so you're going to be you're going to be like twelfth or thirteenth after this round, and really, Tigers in decline. It was such a spectacular, you know. Oh my God, you know you're going to have to fucking burn those shirts or bash them up, last. bash them up your ass, or you know. You only have to finish thirteenth, and those shirts are irrelevant. Yeah, and you're going to really, really though. Are you going to go? Wow, fourteenth, thirteenth. Yes, I'm going to. Yeah, uh, technicality. <laughs> no, no, no. And let's face it, after this win, yeah, the the the, the young kids. They might not be fit for NRL level football again, and they're too old. They can't go back to the Holden Cup. They're too old now. They can't do it Have anymore. Have you seen Mitchell Moses' legs? Well, yeah, well, yeah I've seen cricket stumps. <laughs> cricket. Yeah. He's built like a fucking pipe cleaner. That kid. And yeah. let me tell you, when he fucking carves you up <laughs> like a child, <laughs> he is a child, and he's going to carve you the fuck up. You know what's going to happen? Humiliated. And I look forward to the humiliated look on your smug cunt face. You know what? Can I, we you, please move on? I just want to say, I, I just want to say Mitchell, <laughs> Mitchell Moses. We call that cunt fucking Mitchell Monte Carlo's because if he's gonna, if he wants to be built like a pipe cleaner and play against the big boys, then he's gonna fucking get shot by the same sniper they got Molson and fucking Tedesco, and I'll, and he can be the Monte, he can be Monte Carlo legs. Moses that? is gonna part the Maroon Sea, motherfucker. <laughs> the Maroon Sea between his legs. Now, Saturday, New Zealand Warriors take on Parramatta Eels at Mount Smart Stadium. You know, presumably, I mean, a lot of these games are asterisk games. You know, presumably they'll they'll line up as, I mean, the Warriors they're going to line up pretty much the way that they that they are on paper here. Parramatta Eels, you know, what sort of state is uh, is uh, old mate uh, Jared going to be in? I mean, he's not even named. Look what the at fuck? It. They've not even named him. I'm looking at here. Jared Hayne hasn't been named to back up from Origin three. They've been very, you know, for a side that you know has been the wooden spoons for two years in a row, and they've shown some you know, great strides and improvement. We're just resting players now. They're very. We're resting our best player. You fucking play him so you win a game, you dickhead. They've been very fucking generous to Jared Hayne over this Origin series. This is not be. the first. He's by far their best player. But this is not the first time. I mean, they're, you know, it, it's not exactly where they're at the point where they're like, oh, we're going to rest him so we can fucking prepare our assault on the grand final. <laughs> you're not. You're not quite there yet, guys. You're not quite there, but. Having said that, I mean, you know, like a guy like Sammy Redradger up against fucking Tompkins. if he fucking 2009s it because he's got so much fucking extra energy from a couple of games he's been yeah. rested, it does look like a coaching yeah, master's we'll strike. Like, we'll like a dumb cunts, but yeah. <laughs> 13 for the Warriors. Lock forward. Sebastien. Ica. So I said that like a French person. Ica Hifo. That, that ain't no French last name. He's got some... Uh, I, I'd like to say that, you know, a French man went on a holiday to New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> and stumbled across a village where he met a beautiful, attractive Maori lady, Mrs. or Miss. And nine months later. And uh, Hello, Sebastien. That's right. And clearly it didn't work out and Sebastien stayed with his mum and took on his mother's last name. So there's his life story. There you go, husband. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, there you go, your job's done. <laughs> Fucking hell. What about, <laughs> what about Raymond Fatala Mariner? What is it with these blokes? Pick pick a fucking heritage. You can't be half French well, and half Maori and then half Polynesian and half fishmonger. Well, no, this is clearly what happened there was, I mean, it was a situation similar to the Cronulla Sharks, an infamous hotel room thing, except this time it was a hunter Mariners back in the day, <laughs> back in the Super League era. 
Playing late, mid to late nineties. I'm not sure who your father is, so I'm going to give you all their names. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, we'll just name you after two because let's face it, it's, it's, let's face it, you know, the, Raymond Fatala, Mariner Johns. The science is too, the, the science is, is just, it's just too, it's just too complicated from a scientific standpoint to determine. Whose swimmers were the fucking That's winners? That's exactly it. <laughs> I it mean, was, we didn't have that it fucking was a dark yellow line. That it yellow was a dark line. Night, it was a diluted pool, son. <laughs> Seiko went like running that yellow line and across the front. We couldn't tell, we couldn't see which one, which swimmer got their fucking. We, we touched the wall first. <laughs> so we'll just call you Mariner. What about number seventeen for the Warriors? You think it's confusing when you fucking don't know who the father is, you've got to give him two last names. What about when you've got to give your kid two first names? I've got to name dear. you after your father. I'm just not sure which one it was, Charlie Paul. Yeah. Now, um... <laughs> so. Anyway, on to football. Incisive, incisive, incisive analyst, uh, an, uh, analysis on this game. Um, one, it's a ridiculous fucking... It's a scourge, and it's an insult to fans of the Parramatta Heels who have finals aspirations that in such an important game against a, a, an inform and dangerous opposition that you're not fielding your best and, and full strength side with, with Jared Hayne being rested. The thing I don't understand is why don't they just name? Why wouldn't they name him in the number one and then spring in an hour before kickoff that he's not going to be the. Yeah, you know, you know the, if he, if he needs to be rested, you're going to rest him. Why give the other the oppositions you know all that time to prepare unless he's going to be a last minute inclusion? You can't but, tell me that Jared Haynes more important to the Eels than Robbie Farrier is to the Tigers, and Robbie's going to back up two days later. Yeah, and the whole side's got to back up five days later, which is um, I don't think any side has won on a five day turnaround this year. Is that correct? Who's I'm that? Sure. Uh, any side? No, no with the Tigers, you know, from Sunday to Friday. So, oh, look, that's what we're another, doing this year. We're just, breaking records. Just, uh, yeah, yeah. Fuck, can we stop talking about that game? People are going to fucking complain. <laughs> um, if Jared Hayne doesn't play, I've got to say the Warriors. Yep, um, I agree. You know, they're doing some good things at the moment, and um, Sean Johnson's finding some really a, a rich reign of form, and uh, the fact that they're at home as well also works in their favour. So um, I'd have to say the Warriors, but if Jared Hayne plays, I'd probably lean towards the Eels. So it's a, it's a knife-edge one. Melbourne Storm take on Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs down at Amy Park, aka Cheat Stadium, and uh, this one, well, once again, very asterisky in terms of their, you know, their their lineup. They're not looking at. Uh, I mean, Cooper Cronk is he playing for Queensland, or is he still like you know he's looking to, but maybe not? Or no, as far as I'm aware, he's playing. Not named for the Storm though, so no. clearly, um, yeah, rested. Joel Romolo in there in the 19. Oh. On standby for Cameron Smith when he gets axed at the Origin game, no doubt about it. Billy Slater, he's in there. So, you know, they're named as 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 much as they can be. Killer halves combination of Ben Hampton and Ben Roberts. And uh, Ben Roberts, it's obviously. Ben Sandwich. You know, um, he want to go out and, you know, in, in a blaze of glory. Well, um, against his former club. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I don't think the Bulldogs were, were impressive enough against Manly despite getting the win that they can go down to Amy Park against the you wouldn't be surprised if Cronk plays Wednesday night you wouldn't be surprised to see him be a late inclusion at the 11th hour for the Storm so <coughs> excuse me I think uh, certainly regardless I'm going to tip the Storm but um, even more so if Cronk plays I think the Dogs will win right 
I don't rate them, but I mean, the Storm have been, you know, this is a decline, uh, a decline in the middle of the Storm. It's not the same Storm. The Amy Park factor is, is, is my biggest reason for tipping them. Yeah, and even that's not, you know, the, the biggest factor in the world. You know, this year, I mean, with the decline of the, t- the team, if Kronk plays, it may force me to change my tip, but he hasn't been named at the moment. That's all we can really go on. Fair call. Gold Coast Titans take on the Canberra Raiders at Seabus Super Snake Stadium in front of, no doubt, an empty stadium. And uh, this is this has the potential. Well, look, this day, this Sunday, has the potential to be the worst fucking day of football in the history of the code. <laughs> Out of any competition, any any era... I'll just, just quickly skip ahead. <laughs> Gold Coast Titans versus Canberra Raiders, followed by Cronulla Southern Sharks versus Newcastle Knights. Seriously. And we've had, on a Monday night, we've had Sharks versus Knights, and they've been some fucking horrible Yeah, games. we've had like the Knights versus Eels and Sharks versus Eels. Like those, and, that, those and three Titans going, versus Eels. And, oh. Oh. Sunday is just, fuck. It better be UFC or something. I'm excited. I just do not want to fucking watch Rugby League, if that's what, if that's what Rugby League has for me. Not interested. Not interested. But it's in this case... It's supposed to be the day of the Sabbath. Does Titans the day of the Sabbath mean no one gives a fuck? It's clearly they're rugby league fans. They're like, no, we don't care. I'm Put not these fucking shit though. teams on. No one's watching anyway. <laughs> so Gold Coast Titans at home against the Canberra Raiders. Gold Coast Titans win all day. <clears throat> the end. Really? The reason I say that is because Canberra are fucked. Don't travel well. Yeah. And they're fucking useless to boot. He couldn't tip the Rays with any confidence. And Terry Campese's named in, in the uh, 5'8 position. He's been a fucking liability. Agreed. Milford's not coming off the bench this time, so Ricky's obviously had a little bit of a, you know, backpedal on trying that. Trying to save his fucking job is what he's trying to do. Look, because real old Bay Robinson was Monday fucking atrocious. Yep. Albeit a win. Yep. Um, they are playing at home. Oh, I'm leaning towards the Titans, but only because the Raiders are so fucking appalling at the moment. And the second game of the Vuvuzela, week, Vuvuzela weekend, or Vuvuzela Sunday, Sharks versus Newcastle Knights. Sharkies. Jeez, imagine if they're in front at half time. Could be anything. Could be a flogging. If they're behind, Newcastle. Well, I, I can't tip against the Sharks. And the, the Knights haven't been impressing me lately, and uh, the Sharks, against all the fucking odds, they're, they're coming off two straight wins. Um, they're back to a, a, a fairly close to full-strength side, yeah? Gallon's back. Lewis is there. I guess they're still missing for feeder. Yep. Um, obviously, no. The can't. side. The side's not a world different to the side of last week. I mean, you know, just that. Tell you who I was impressed with, with for the Sharks was that new Brown. Yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. He's got feet like James Brown. <laughs> Jump back! I'm gonna hurt myself. Um, I mean, he's no Todd Carney, but I mean, he's, he's not no disgracing Todd himself Carney, either. But he's got he's got some fucking flashy feet. I like it. Yep. Um, I'm gonna tip the Sharks. Yeah, I don't know about that. Jeez. Look, I don't... I, Two straight wins, Nathan. Yeah, but... Oh, it can't happen three times. It can't. You just know... You know it's going to fucking happen, right? They're going to be down 26 nil this time. And come back and win the fucking game. Like, they're just going to keep adding their record scores. There's, you know, no, as way, there's no way the Knights are going to score 26 points in 40 minutes. Yeah. Not going to happen. Monday night for bitch. Penrith Panthers take on the Brisbane Broncos. Penrith Panthers are as close to full strength as they can be, although they have lost uh, old mate um, Wallace, and he should be out for several several weeks, I would imagine. Um, I like the change in the halves, though, with Soward going to seven and Tyrone Peachy coming in at six. Um, 
they'll lose Wallace's defence um, and his calming influence, but as far as an attacking perspective goes, I think that's a pretty good shot. Their combo of the future, at least for the near future. Sure. And I think, uh, and, and yeah, Tyrone Peachy, I mean, the, the way that the, the, the Penrith nerds are talking, that's going to be his position anyway. Yeah, they going, are going forward, and then they I'm, are squirting into their pocket protectors over Tyrone Peachy. Oh, aren't they? They fucking love it. They love a bit of Tyrone Peachy. Now, the Broncos, Corey Parker named. Origin guys named. Yeah. Uh, you know, given it's Monday night, these guys get a fair turnaround. You know, it's not ideal, but it's not you know unreasonable either. So I would expect them all. You know, pending injuries, I'd I expect them all to back up quite, you know, quite comfortably. Um, Jackson went to watch the Broncos train yesterday. Yeah, he said well, they look pretty sharp. Look focused. Look pretty good. Pretty happy with how they went. Yeah. Um, Is he tipping a win or what? He's he's never not tipping a Broncos win. Um, <laughs> he he did do some extensive research into who Leo's favourite Broncos player was going to be. Yep. Fucking Gronk of a kid. Um, took a lot of notes. Drew a lot of stick figure drawings of of different warm up exercises and plays <laughs> they were running through. Um, so he's he's done the in depth research on the Broncos and he's uh, he's certainly tipping a Broncos win. Look, last time Broncos went to the Western Suburbs of Sydney, they they scratched out a win against the Tigers, and um, I just I just wonder about the effect that Peter Wallace being out of the side is going to have on Penrith. Uh, They've had a fairly stable lineup uh, during their run, and and they've uh, they've had a pretty sweet draw as well. And now they've has had a significant injury on their roster, and uh, they're playing against a, a side that's going to be pretty desperate for a win. I've got I've got a feeling about the Broncos. I, I want to say Penrith because they're at home and because um, you know they got the job done last week, and I just. I've got a funny feeling about the Broncos. So I'm going to say the Broncos. I'm going to say the Broncos for two reasons. One, Monday night football, you always need to, you know, give credence to the team that you don't think is going to win, you know, because it just always seems to happen. And two, after Manly's big win on Friday night, Panthers would be so demoralised at losing first place on the ladder that they'll actually probably drop their bundle and lose this entire game. And that is full time for episode 162. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter. So follow at TWI League and Facebook, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. Make sure you hit the like button, share the posts, all that good shit. Thanks to uh, Saguna. As always, I mean, he's just throwing pictures up on the regular. Uh, he's, he's the king of Facebook over there. So, you know, make sure you check out, check out his shit he puts on the timeline. He, uh, he's scouring the internet for NRL memes and throwing them up on our site. So it's tremendous work. Um, Tipping. The round's not over yet. The origin round does count for this week. However, the uh, top of the table is pretty much the same. Uh, it's a bit of a tipocalypse this week with the upsets over Manly, um, the Roosters, and the South South game. Most people got all three of those wrong. Uh, but on top, Shane Aaron Elvis maintains first position by one point over Blue Beaver. Tigers 12.0 and Whitey. One point further back, we've got Life of Ty, David Kingston, Paraman 1973, and another point back we have Smithy Fire, Desi Ducks and Voodoo Rock. Voodoo Rock defending champion, only three points behind so he's still in it. I mean he's conceded very early that he was gone this season but he's, he's clawed his way back into it and uh, so maybe he might be able to make a run towards the death. Fantasy on top we have the Wendells again 
Too Much Tuna, NZ Mag, underscore Magpie 54, Dingbats, Mighty Doggies, Sarcastic Pricks, Toto's Terrors, Sticky Fingers Fergo, Winter is Crowding, Return, and Seagulls Assassins. And finally, with the shop, we're still clearing out the Revelation shirts, Tyson Decline shirts that are proving to be more relevant every 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 week, and this one will be certainly no exception. Um, limited, very limited quantities of the one-in-a-row shirts. Uh, people who ordered the one-in-a-row shirts, I sent out an update uh, today uh, on, on how the shirts are going and everything. We were delayed slightly because, what do you know, New South Wales win a series and all of a sudden there's a fucking massive rush on... Uh, on the sky blue cotton, <laughs> so the, but uh, I actually I, I, I sort of said that you know my understanding was that you know that, that they they acquired it and then you know the shirts are being made and everything. But I'd got an update just before that they've actually been printed, so they're not going to be far away. They're going to be very quick, in fact. So they'll be coming. This size is still available from uh, from medium to four XL in varying quantities, but we're talking like you know two to three pieces in each size, if that. Some are less and some are sold out. The smallest ones are sold out. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, get on there. Grab one if you want one. Um, and, yeah, that's it. That's all I've got time for. I'm going to go home to bed and another night of fevers. Enjoy. It's so well, cold. It's so, it's so cold. Like, being, like, you know, heated up like that, it's almost like, you know, almost envy you in a way. Yeah, but then, <laughs> then you're like in a very small way. laying in saturated clothing in your own sweat. It's not that flash. Yeah. So anyway, that's a little insight into my life, and uh, hopefully I'm better next week. Okay, that's it. See you next week then. Go uh, go New South Wales, 3-0 whitewash. Taking Jackson to the Origin. It's his first Origin game, and uh, looking very much forward to it. Who's going to win? I think... I think Queensland will salvage a little bit of pride if, there. If Queensland are taking the attitude that their their coaching staff and the and the general supporters are taking, maybe they are throwing it away. Maybe they're chucking it in. I don't think so. I think, in. I think the players are professional enough to uh, to want to win that game uh, for, for for pride, if nothing else. So I'm uh, I'm I'm tipping a Queensland win. Not probably no surprises there. Given a given us a dead rubber, I'm expecting it to be a much more open game with more points scored. Yeah, I suspect you, you might be right there. Also, there's been a lot of bitching about the way, you know, how dour the last one was and, uh, you know, the, the the ruck work and things like that. So I think the referees will keep moving faster. They might even widen the ten a little bit and, you know, that'll all be conducive towards a, a more expansive game and hopefully we get some points and, uh, you know, a bit of action. Guess we'll see. And New South Wales to win, of course. See you next week. See ya. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.